Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you searching for the best in online black radio? Then go to BlackTalkRadioNetwork.com. Helping you filter through the noise. Real talk. Black talk. The internet is full of half-truths and all-out lies. We've all seen them, and many people on social media complaining about it. Here's your chance to show and prove. WorldAfropedia.com is a black-owned and operated encyclopedia. There are several thousand articles, but we need help. We can't uncover all the truth ourselves. So please, join us and become a writer, editor, or blogger for WorldAfropedia.com today. Every little bit counts. We owe it to the future generations to put the truth out there. Visit WorldAfropedia.com, the African-centered encyclopedia, a global database of African knowledge for the purpose of bringing about global African wisdom and understanding. WorldAfropedia.com. Being a Wednesday, it is time for World of Work. And as I said, many of you might have been called insubordinates in your workplace and you are worried about what that means in law. Share your stories with us, ask your questions, and let's see whether we can help you get a proper grip from the point of view of labor law on what insubordination actually means in law. Joining me in the studio is Melanie Hart, uh, who's an expert in this particular area at Faskin Martineau, partner, labor, employment, and human rights as well. Melanie, it's lovely seeing you. Thanks so much for coming in. Thanks, Eusebius. Thanks for the invite. I think this is such an important issue because in the workplace there is such a differential distribution of power between employers, employees, between managers and those who are lower down in the organogram that it's very difficult to know where genuine insubordination ends and sheer bullying on the part of those that may have power and authority over us actually begins. And we need to understand the difference. So let's just cut straight to the chase. What is insubordination in law? So let's start off with the idea that a, as an employee, you have a duty to be subordinate towards your employer. So you have okay. a duty to obey your employer who is in a position of authority over you. Mm. And, of course, on the flip side of that is as the employer, you are entitled to issue reasonable lawful instructions to your employees. So insubordination in a nutshell is defined as the refusal to obey a reasonable and lawful instruction from your employer. And I use the, the terms reasonable and lawful purposely because there's there's certain instances where um, a refusal to comply with an instruction may not necessarily be insubordinate if that instruction was not lawful or, or not reasonable. Mm. Contrasted with being insolent, there's a, a common misunderstanding between what is insubordination versus what is insolence. 
Insolence, on the other hand, is being cheeky, disrespectful, undermining your um, employer's authority. But employers often conflate the two and muddle up the two concepts. Okay. And insolence is not a legal concept. It may just be a horrible relationship. Well, it is a disciplinary offense for which the employer oh, really? can take disciplinary action against you. And this is where they, they often muddle up the terms um, where an employee has been insubordinate, so not complied with an instruction, or, or vice versa, they tend to charge the incorrect disciplinary charge. Okay, and I want to pause over this because it's an important starting point. Part of the world of work means that you can lawfully and reasonably be instructed to do some things. It just comes with the territory. Correct. Yeah. Obviously, the million-dollar question is, how does one define reasonableness? I have often haggled over certain kinds of wording in contracts with clients that I have. And in the end, you cross your fingers and you hope that there will be goodwill between you and the other party that you have a contract with, that you're both going to be just, quote-unquote, sensible, and, pardon the pun, reasonable in when conflict arises, trying to puzzle through whether the dispute that has arisen, um, whether or not on the facts you were reasonably refusing an instruction or whether it was unreasonable. But does the law, does case law, does your experience in practice help us to understand how we determine what reasonable is? So so let's start off from the basis that um, a job description cannot be comprehensive. So there are certain tasks sure. that are ancillary to your, your, your duties and responsibilities that cannot necessarily be defined. So if you're asked to do something that falls within the reasonable ambit of your job function, I think it is reasonable for the employer to ask you to do that. And maybe that's a good starting point, is sometimes don't necessarily just instruct off the bat um, to avoid a conflict situation. First ask and then perhaps instruct as mm. opposed to instructing first and then it tends to escalate in, into conflict. So that might be… No, I understand that, right, yeah. And that obviously is, I mean, that speaks to a very important prior part of this. At the point at which we bring in Melanie, it has become adversarial. Yes. But hopefully you have an organizational culture where you don't just have exclamation marks coming out of people's mouths, but <laughs> but actual <laughs> actual negotiation of, you know, I'd like to see you at 3 o'clock on Friday. Can you make the meeting? Now I'm not coming. I'm taking my to school. You're being insubordinate or yes. you're being insolent. Yes. Hopefully, because there's a question here, there's, a non, there's always, isn't there, a non-legal question here about the culture, the relationship, how healthy it is. By the time we talk law, it means that something has already gone awry in the, in the culture. Yes, the relationship mm. has soured to such an extent that you know, now you're contemplating disciplinary action or it's very adversarial. But a, a good example, so let me perhaps start off with examples of what would be a reasonable instruction and what would be a lawful instruction or the converse. So a reasonable instruction um, would be instead of operating one machine, we need you to operate two in order to expedite the delivery of a particular product to our customers. Mm -hmm. So you are not necessarily in your job description defined to operate one machine only. That would be a reasonable instruction. The flip side of that would be an unreasonable instruction would be asking your, your Muslim chef to carve a piece of pork. Mm that he would be able to refuse that. It wouldn't be insubordinate because it's not a, a reasonable instruction. 
um, an unlawful instruction of, is, of course, let's bypass the safety valve in order to expedite things. The employee has a right to refuse to abide by that unlawful instruction, and that would not constitute insubordination. I love the gray areas. The easiest examples for me are always the ones that I can speak to most authoritatively. So I turned on the telly the other day, and I see a colleague of mine uh, in the media um, who is a newsreader, um, and I, I want to be sketchy with the example because I, I quite like this person, but I felt sorry for them. Basically selling a – she's voicing a, like a product – that is being sold on the same platform where she is an authoritative newsreader. And I'm thinking to myself, Nierman, I take you seriously when you interview Patricia. Five minutes later, you're now telling to, you know, telling me, take still knocks, for example, if you have anxiety or whatever the case might mm. be. One possibility is that that person just straightforwardly agreed. Maybe they got extra bucks. But hypothetically, and I don't know the facts, Let's say that person's boss comes to them and says, listen, your contract says that from time to time we can reasonably ask you to do things, time we can reasonably ask you to do things that is uh, consistent with the broader objectives of the company. Look at 513 year on your contract. And one of the things that we want to do is to make your voice available uh, to some of our advertisers. And some of them have been asking because they like your voice. So we need you to be in the studio at 20 past 3 on Thursday to put your voice to this particular commercial we're running for a client. If that person refuses, what area are we entering there? Well, so, so Because I, I can imagine the boss saying, in some worlds, some bosses will say, Melanie, you're being insubordinate now. Well, I, I think, it, and it largely depends on how the contract is worded. So if the, the contract says, well, this is your job description, but coupled with that is um, you should do anything else that is reasonably within the ambit of that, I think that that refusal would be insubordinate. Wow, that's interesting. Context of white supremacy. Gusty Renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, Thursday, May 10th, 2018. So I have been told this is our weekly forum on neutralizing workplace racism. Uh, first and foremost, if we have any non-white people in the world who have figured out this is what to do, I don't ever get charged with being insubordinate, insolent, aloof, not a team player, too quiet, none of that. I have sparkling reviews every time. I get every single raise bonus. I have a fantastic office if I need time off, sick leave, emergency leave for whatever reason, no problem. I'm going to have my feet propped on the desk until I get ready to retire. If you have figured out how to be in that position anywhere in the world as a non-white person you should be the very first person to dial in and get a hand up the number 641-715-3640 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 
if you would like to participate. Certainly, we want to hear from folks who have figured out some codification that works to solve problems without creating new problems in the workplace. We also certainly are always open to hearing folks if you have any problems, non-white people, black people, if you're having problems in the workplace uh, and you are looking for suggestions, thoughts on how to resolve your situation or maybe even a different way of thinking about the situation, uh, always welcome to dial in the number 641-715-3640, the code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 to raise a hand and we will get you on the line. You also can email in. We had a bevy of listeners who wrote in like uh, the program that we did yesterday, Suspected Racist was with us. Uh, I was checking my email to see if people had questions for her and people were writing in for workplace racism today. So lots of folks will see if we can get uh, everybody's commentary. But if you're not able to speak via phone and you want to submit uh, a situation that you would like us to maybe share a counter-racist suggestion or opinion on, you can do it uh, via email, untiljustice at gmail.com. If you just want to comment, if you want to share your counter-racist thoughts on what's being discussed, uh, untiljustice at gmail.com, and we can read it during the broadcast this evening. Again, want to remind folks, I know Scandal ended <laughs> just a few days back, so we have a little slightly fewer entertainment options for our Thursday evenings, but I think racists still provide enough amusements on the plantation that, hey, this is not one of them. This is, you know, hey, we're supposed to be not spectating, but participating. I think if you are a black person, if you have worked at all, I think you have experienced workplace racism. If you're working currently, I suspect you're experiencing current workplace racism. Uh, I also think all of us, including Gus T, and I try to do it myself, all of us can reflect on our work history. I am certain there are incidents, situations that we can think of when we were more confused, when we did not have an accurate understanding of what it means to be white, what white supremacy racism is, how it works, how it applies on our uh, jobs. I'm sure there are a lot of situations that we can look back at and say, wow, if I had a better understanding of counter-racism, I would have done this, not that. I would have said this, not that. Could have been a totally different outcome. I think that can be helpful too, especially for younger counter-racists who are still learning like all of us and are trying to get a better understanding of what might be on their horizon. Because I think as we have learned, whites do a lot of the same tacky abusive things on the job worldwide and regardless of field career doesn't seem to matter with that uh, just uh, with what we heard at the beginning the importance of words and especially even though it wasn't said discretion to decide what is insubordinate what is a reasonable request even sometimes what is a lawful request discretion can have a big role uh, in deciding exactly what those terms mean even when you get to a court of law oftentimes it'll be a white man with a black robe deciding what is lawful what is reasonable what is just anywho uh, as i said a lot of folks wrote in so i'm going to try and challenge myself to read get everything included. First up, black male. 
Uh, I've not slept tonight. It's been this way for weeks now. We pause right there. Right there. That's why I talk about the the importance of workplace racism and talking about these issues because it has such a devastating uh, impact on our health and well-being. Anything, anything that is you know depriving you of rest is so vitally important to well-being, to being able to think well. Uh, for your brain computer to be working at optimum effect. Dr. Kamal Kamban, he talked about that all the time. Uh, when he comes on the program, uh, I even try to get the program a little earlier for him because he says, hey, I am going to bed. Uh, it's important. I have important thinking to do, tr- important thinking to do to try to solve the problem. Uh, I need to go to bed. 10 o'clock. That is my bedtime. Sleep is so important. And in my view, racists, they do so much to disrupt our rest, our health. I mean, wow, devastating. Continuing. I work full time for a non-white person based in Dubai. Uh, he's a senior executive. Last year, following several several conversations with a lifelong friend of his, he asked that I imagine that I manage his newly purchased 2018 fleet, which he paid cash for as not to carry any debt. Following salary negotiations, I agreed. At the time, his lifelong friend was serving as the GM, whereas I served as a sales manager operations consultant because neither was familiar with the transportation business. Several months into the venture, the lifelong friend was replaced at the behest of a side monitoring third party white guy Uh oh this ogre and his ogress claimed to have successfully run a transportation company previously however now they have nothing to show for it fast forward to today the investor has had the whites relocate from their home in michigan to an apartment only minutes minutes from my home in atlanta georgia Furthermore, the non-white male insists that I now work from their home during business hours. Their home is a tiny two-bedroom apartment, which they have with their infant daughter. They also transport weed from Michigan to Georgia regularly for personal use. Whoa, (laughs) this sounds like the hate you give. I'm sorry, that was, uh, wow, I didn't think recreational cannabis was legal in Michigan or Georgia. Maybe I have been misinformed. This is like felony drug trafficking here. Like, wow, maybe I'm ignorant. Is that, am I misinformed? Does anybody know? Uh, it has recreational use been legalized in either of those states? This is like felony drug trafficking we're talking here, right? Continuing, uh, the wife smokes from the balcony in plain sight and she invites passer passers-by to indulge with her. I've heard her with my, this is illegal. I mean, anyway, I've I've heard her with my own ears uh, scream to a neighbor, does anyone here smoke weed? I've got lots of good stuff, but no one to smoke with, all in quotes. Now, these two are sabotaging the non-white person's business. I've told him several times to explain to him what is going on in his absence, as many others have, but he only listens to the white guy. Woo, I've heard that so many times. Uh, just trying to think my way through this. Please help. Uh, I mean, felony. Like, I could not make it any clearer. Uh, this, to me, in my view, 
this is the sort of situation that I would be trying to get out of because this seems dangerous to me. Like this is felony activity, man. And maybe they are white. And uh, I think I jokingly said before on workplace racism, I think our caller in Florida was talking about a video that they were showing on violence in the workplace and, and the type of terrorist shooting things. And he said that they didn't even arrest the white shooter perpetrator in the case. And I joked that, you know, they don't really arrest white people anymore. Maybe that's true. Maybe they just don't arrest whites can go out and do whatever they want, smoke weed and all that stuff publicly and traffic from state to state and no big deal. In my view, for this to be happening on the job, like, oh, Lord, like uh, I would make it as clear as day. They are engaged in felonious activities. Felony. We could be indicted. <laughs> I mean, we are black. Like I would make it as clear as I possibly could. Jail, handcuffs. Do you want to go to jail? Do you want your business in tatters uh, and associated with some sort of, you know, this is an operation where we are concealing our narcotics ring? I mean, come on. And yeah, uh, I would try and make that aspect of it really clear. I'm, I'm sure that that is extraordinarily difficult if this person is very uh, white identified and certainly not confused about racism, white supremacy. It might be difficult to relay this information self-preservation almost might be uh or i won't say almost self-preservation would be a weighing factor because this just seems like substantially less than ideal if you have to be in these folks residence while all this is happening like that's supposed to be a part of your routine like wow uh if i cannot get him to understand and make changes about this arrangement like wow we would really have to be looking about you know uh at least me extricating myself from this situation because i mean this is this is totally totally unacceptable and dangerous i mean these are felonies that we're tired unless i'm you know misinformed he did add on he said the ogres have tried recruiting me to start a side business with them while using his money to do so absolutely not the non-white person has such blind unwarranted faith in these two it enrages me the suspected racist friend serves as the company accountant oh man he has his own accounting firm in michigan uh he or they the whites they also have brought in their own insurance company they have found a multitude of ways to get everyone they know paid by this wealthy black male from the continent uh this i mean self-preservation unfortunately would certainly have to be a mitigating factor for me uh if i think i mean sometimes non-white people they are resistant to accurate information that is a part of our victimization uh sometimes it just takes more time uh to get through and sometimes the damage is just too much they are not going to change their thinking uh brain damage we talked about that with joseph gibson brain damage that said, self-preservation would be a weighing factor for me. Uh, this seems like a very untenable uh, situation. I would be definitely looking for my escape out of this situation. I would try as best I could. And I mean, I would really try. And I mean, the drug thing, like uh, if, you know, if you need to have video of them smoking or pictures uh, of the drug activity, and I mean, really emphasizing felony, jail, drug trafficking, all of us could be indicted unless I'm way if I'm talking crazy and all this is legal in Michigan and Georgia, then woohoo, let me hush my mouth and maybe we should all move to Georgia. Right. Uh, let's see. Next. 
this is also a black male. Uh, so the person is writing in uh, saying that the, I guess the lead, that's the terminology they're using, lead was terminated from job. Uh, okay, that's what you need a code for so you don't go don't go off so that the conflict works in your advantage, quoting from Mr. Fuller. Black male listener from Las Vegas giving a one-year update to a trouble employee in the workplace. I work in Las Vegas, Red in Nevada. How about that? I work in a woman's shoe department and asked Cal's listeners advice on how to deal with being charged with breaking the company's policy and procedure by the only lead supervisor of our stockroom for entering the stockroom to double-check a shoe I was told was not there by one of his associates who picks shoes the sales staff requests for a customer. Synopsis from April 2017. I entered the stock room, found the product, was confronted by him immediately as he followed me aggressively, telling me not to get my shoes, not to enter the stock room, and how what I was doing was wrong. I got on code, he has code in all caps and in bold face print, and asked a question. He also has question in all caps and bold face print. Question number one, male stockroom lead, is the information you gave me in the company policy and procedure? He replied, yes, it is. Question number two, can you show me today, and he has the date at April 9, 2017, uh, we're in the company policy and procedure. The instructions you just gave me are, he replied, yes. Conclusion, the male stockroom lead never did show me the documentation. I spoke to my department manager about the charge and uh, told, and she told me she would speak to him. I asked for a written response from human resources on if the charge made against me was correct and never received one. I just received a talk about gray area from my manager and tension eased for months after that with the individual charging me. Going forward, the relationship between me and my department manager improved. I continued to check, ask to double check, or use my discretion for the scenario to double check the stockroom if needed for a customer. Since 2018, two issues with stockroom employees. Two, uh, 2018 issue number one, March, one with a white female stock employee whom I made cry. <laughs> come on, come on. The hashtag weeping white woman. Uh, I think that's one I can take credit for if that means anything on the plantation, dignified slave. Uh, weeping white women. That should be the hashtag that uh, gets hung on all of these incidents. Weeping white women. One of the most lethal lethal weapons in the system of white supremacy. And again, as I talked about last week, I advocate aggressively uh, call that out every time, even in workplace scenarios, like you want to be preemptive as they say, continuing. Uh, I made cry by the tone of my voice for asking for her help after her telling me no not to check a product and listening to her. After that incident, I reported to my manager and requested a sit-down meeting with her and we resolved the issue. I explained the employee, my tone of voice was nothing personal, just business. She accused me of being rude, talking to her like dirt. <laughs> oh, and that's a simile metaphor. 
Uh, in response, I kept it work-related, reiterating I listened to her and waited for her to serve me and request, and the request was just business. We moved on. My department pulled me to the side privately after the meeting and asked that I begin documenting the incidents involving me going forward. Documentation. 2018 issue number two in April, male stockroom lead got comfortable in his role again. He continued being rude and consider inconsiderate <clears throat> and discriminating against employees not close to him in quotes. I just uh, my preference is not for the word, quote unquote, discriminate. If what he is doing is incorrect, then I just say that he is mistreating, practicing incorrect behavior. It would be some other way of phrasing it other than to, quote unquote, discriminate. Just my my uh, codification in, in terms of language continuing. Uh, April 22nd, the male stockroom lead saw me in the stockroom and told me not to get my own shoes. I told him I would be getting it because the situation I was facing on the sales floor that I had three clients, one in line for checkout, and the product I was checking for was not available to order from him through my scanning device. I finished my dialogue with him by saying, and I'm done talking. The male stockroom lead walked in front of me and replied with a threat, yeah, you will be. He followed this by opening a complaint against me with the assistant store manager the following day. 2018, issue number three, conclusion. One week after the employee threatening me, he delivered the wrong product to me. The customer had been waiting long enough for the product. She asked someone else only to have me arrive with the wrong one. I returned to the stock room waiting for him to fix it. When he arrived back, he was balancing three products in one hand and began picking five new order requests to retrieve before placing the ready orders on a shelf for employees to pick up. At that point, I asked him if I could correct the error myself since he just took on five new orders alone. He, the employee lead, replied to me, no. At that point, I told him I would be, uh, I told him I would be correcting for the customer uh, for her time and inconvenience. He then charged me and attempted to snatch the incorrect product from my hands and failed and in front of a witness and replied, no. At that point, he lost his composure and snapped, telling me, uh, I guess he said, uh, the male stockroom lead replies, my customer was waiting too long for her shoe because I was slow as F-U-C-K. The victim responds, I repeated verbatim what he just told me, employee lead, what do you mean? My customer is waiting too long because I'm slow as the male stockroom lead uh, stopped what he was doing and responded. What I mean is your customer service sucks. You need to work on your communication skills and your customer is waiting too long uh, for her shoes because you are slow as he then walked directly in front of me face to face. At that point, the witness entered the stock room immediately and encouraged me to walk away. I did. I fixed his error, apologized to the client for the wait, and she purchased multiple items. The next day I was off, but the witness reported what she saw and the employee lead supervisor of the stock room was questioned, sent home, 
and suspended pending investigation. I submitted a detailed report of what happened by email to my manager and both store managers, along with opening a case online, requesting a written response on if what I experienced was in alliance with company guidelines, policy, and procedure. I used direct quotations from my job description to explain how all my actions were warranted for the situation I was in and the discretion I used to accommodate the inconvenienced customer. Four days later, my manager informed me they reached a conclusion and that the male employee stockroom lead was terminated from the company he's been working with for six to seven years. With written statements from the witness and myself of what happened, the employee causing me terror on the job was terminated. This is the second employee terminated I've directly had involvement with by submitting a report of incorrect behavior within a year from listening to advice from the Workplace Racism Broadcast and studying Neely Fuller Jr.'s work. I suggest Cal's listeners use the Google Keep app if they have a smartphone to document notes immediately and not rely on memory. Thanks for the information. The code works. How about that? Wow. Bravo. Documentation. Documentation. We talk about that all the time. I know it can sound tedious, especially if you don't uh, like writing. I can understand that. And, you know, it can take time uh, where you're already stressed and dealing with things on the job. And then you might have to organize, you know, your notes and what have you. And I mean, hey, if you work with tacky racists, it could be a lot of writing. I understand all of that, but I have seen a lot of different situations and been in situations myself where just being able to document and I mean precisely, accurately, dates, times, this is exactly what the this, these are the exact obscenities that were used, you know, in my presence and with customers and witnesses right there and all of just being able to document. You know, I, I requested a res uh, written response, didn't get one. Where is this at in policy and procedure? Didn't get one. Who talks about that policy and procedure on a regular basis? Know your policy and procedure that can really work in your favor because frequently racists are not concerned with policy and procedure themselves. They are concerned with abusing niggers. So, hey, sometimes you can, or I will say frequently, you, victims of white supremacy, can use policy and procedure to neutralize racism, white supremacy on the job. Just seems that is exactly uh, what this listener did. But bravo, great commercial for the cows and Mr. Neely Fuller Jr.'s work, uh, pro, uh, Produce Justice. Dot com, uh, Mr. Fuller's website where you can get the word guide or his book, ProduceJustice.com. Uh, I will stop there, although there are quite a few other folks who wrote in, so we didn't even get to half of them. Uh, the number again is 641-715-3640. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you have comments or questions, I guess we can start the caller who was asking for commentary, who was saying that he was losing sleep, working with a non-white person who has brought these whites in and they're trafficking drugs illegally, unless I'm misinformed. 
Uh, can we get suggestions on that first and then we can move forward if folks have their own uh, personal uh, problems uh, or codification if you want to share that. Any any suggestions for the caller who's working uh, non-white person's business but brought in these white consultants, unfortunately, and they are doing what whites do. Any suggestions for this listener? Yeah, I would... Um, May I be hurt? Yes. Sorry, you go ahead. Heard everyone. I think uh, Red was going to yield. We generally do uh, ladies first, but I think Red was going to yield to uh, the male caller who was speaking already. That was me. Good evening, Gus. Oh, greetings, Thomas, in New York. Greetings, sir. Um, um, good greetings to Red. Um, thanks for yielding the floor. I I would um, man, if you're not profiting, it's not snitching. Um, I mean. I, I would I would call cops because I don't want to be caught up in that man. I, I I mean if there's a bust in the place and there's drugs in the place, I mean everybody goes down. It's it's not no you know you're gonna have to prove you're innocent. Is I mean I would I would um I mean alert the authorities or leave that job because it's not worth you know doing some time in prison and you don't got nothing to do with it or making any profit off. And I'll mute my line. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, Red in Nevada, did you have commentary? One second. I'll I'll chime back in in a second. Yes, ma'am. Do we have any other folks have, uh, I guess, suggestions for our caller who's in this kind of tough uh, business predicament? Yes. Um, can you hear me okay? Yes, ma'am. I, we'll get you in one second, Stacy. I heard you as well. Uh, go ahead, caller. Hi. Yes, I'm. Um, I'm a first-time caller. I'm calling from Canada. Greetings. Oh, greetings. We're and, part of Canada. Um, I'm from Toronto, Ontario. Of course. Greetings. Glad to have you on the program. I've been to Toronto. Beautiful city. Oh, thank you. Uh, there's there's so much uh, construction to do in terms of. Uh, uh, racism and, and eliminating it completely, but I digressed on that one. I could tell you many stories here that will curl the hair, so let me tell you. <laughs> but um, in terms of the uh, the uh, the person who had wrote in regarding the um, the situation with uh, with the drugs coming in from the uh, two white uh, consultants. If there's any way that they can distance themselves, um, even if it means take it as a loss, um, they don't need to be mixed up with that type of situation. I mean, for myself, I work with people living with disabilities, and even uh, those that receive medication, um, uh, like medical marijuana via prescription, I refuse to work with. Um, just on the fact that if anything were to happen, we're walking down the street, they happen to forget their card, the police happen to come up, they see a woman with dreads, you know, beside the client, and, you know, it, it could it could go from zero to 100 in, in a matter of, you know, just seconds. So if there's any way that um, the person could distance themselves, that, that would be ideal. 
she slipped a Drake song in on us, zero to a hundred. That's so funny. <laughs> great, uh, great suggestion, and and she slipped in the Drake reference. Wow, what a first time call. Right on, caller from uh, from Canada. Uh, hang out. I'm glad you you called in. Hang out if you have your own personal situation that you want to address. Just trying to make sure every if we have any other suggestions for the caller. Um, Stacy in the UK, we have. have you heard? Uh, yes, ma'am. Uh, oh, just I'm hang sorry. on one I'll second. Okay. Stacy. Hi, Gus. Your volume is a little low. Uh, I don't know is if you. Can you hear me now? That's an improvement. Uh, yeah. Hello to you and the uh, rest of the callers and listeners. Um, yeah, just in terms of the person who's working with the consultants. Yeah, I mean, I would agree on in terms of distancing themselves. So I don't think it's just the the drugs that is an issue, though. Um, I, f- I find it highly suspect that they've been able to negotiate this individual has to work inside their home. And the mere fact that they are revealing so much information about their side, or rather their, their, their sabotage and their setting up businesses, um using the owner's money without his knowledge they're making this individual who wrote in um I've forgotten the word but a conspirator to whatever illegal activity they're up to um so i think it goes beyond just the drug tra- trafficking um so quite frankly i would leave as soon as possible i mean my langas Indeed. Uh, make sure I get my uh, timestamp here. Uh, 1.43 a.m. Friday morning, Stacy in the UK, joining us live. Uh, Red in Nevada, was that you that was going to chime in, ma'am? Yes, um, thank you, and um, thanks for allowing me to share. And hello, everyone. Um, my quick suggestion on um, the person who is um, kind of someone involved with the whole marijuana trafficking with the white ogres and I do like that name for them but I I feel like if you're if it's being trafficked especially if it's recreational I know like back in Ohio they had recently um, legalized uh, mar- a medical marijuana and then here um, in Nevada they have it as recreational but even then even if somewhere it's, it's recreational and I don't know about Michigan you still cannot take it out of state. So if they're taking this marijuana from multiple states, I thought like if a crime is committed in multiple states, I thought that can be like something like a, you know, on a federal level as far as a crime. So I would definitely, like everyone else is saying, this is something extremely serious, especially if they were to even get caught with if, and if it's not medical, of course, you know, that, that doesn't sound right at all. But also, um, I, with what Stacy in the UK said, they definitely seem he can possibly even be prosecuted, especially for like accounting fraud. If this person is trying to somewhat cipher money from this non-white uh, black male, so um, I think that there, there's no other I, I, there's no other way about it to just immediately if he can if he has to put in a, a notice or what have you, but this could you know he could be sacrificing his freedom for for nothing especially if he's already sacrificing his sleep. And I'll, I'll wait to chime in about the um, person in uh, Nevada. Thank you. 
appreciate that. Uh, any other folks have suggestions uh, for our male who's in this tough spot? Can I be heard? Yes, sir. Greetings, retired firefighter. Greetings, everyone. Uh, there, there are several uh, reasons, I would think, on uh, on uh, instances where a person should immediately resign from a uh, job, and that's one of them. Uh, even from the standpoint, you know, maybe, maybe the thought may be in some non-white people's name, uh, non-white people's uh, head would be that, uh, well, you know, I can uh, hurry up and benefit from it and that sort of thing. Immediately resign from that job uh, because uh, you don't want to put at risk uh, serving time in federal prison. Uh, it is not the uh, happiest place that you can uh, end up being at. And uh, uh, and for most cases, you can always get re-employed, re-employed somewhere else. Uh, it's time to uh, leave. That's all I have to say. Thank you. I'm in agreement with that. If this, <clears throat> I don't know what the contract situation is, but I mean, they're engaged in unlawful activity in, in my limited knowledge, I am a victim of white supremacy, so I could be misinformed. But once you have illegal activity, frequently that voids uh, a lot of contracts. Once you have participants that are involved in the contract that are being subjected to unlawful activity. So uh, I, I agree with firefighter. And at minimum, if, if it takes uh, a period of time, a few days, hopefully as few as possible uh, to exit, it would have to be mandatory that I'm not going back to that house. Like I would just, you know, whatever you have to do, however it's explained, like that's just totally unacceptable. That's totally unprofessional. That's, I mean, that's just jail time waiting to happen. I would not be going back to their house under any circumstances uh, to work. And, you know, like I said, uh, a lot of this would be more focused on self-preservation. Is it, is anybody, would anybody in this predicament, how much would you, how much energy, I guess, would you invest trying to get this person to understand that uh, these racists are dangerous and you need to purge them from the business? How much would you invest in trying to get them to understand that, if at all? Gus, can I make another comment? Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, one thing about in that business, um, see, they don't look at it as they have drugs that has a monetary value to it. And uh, people get robbed in that business um, and generally robbed with people with guns. Um, that could happen. That'll come, that'll come fast from the police. They, you know, in the streets, they call it beef. Um, you might have violence. Um, so it's a dangerous situation to put yourself in, not just for the fact that there's police involved, uh, but, you know, you don't know what type of organization they're in. This is drugs, you know. Uh, this is, even though it's marijuana and it's legal everywhere, that has a very large monetary value on the streets everywhere, and it, it, it can get you killed. Not by the police, by some rivals or um, some pickup kids. So I would leave. Mm, excellent point, Thomas in New York. Uh, although cannabis uh, is not legal in Georgia recreationally uh, or Michigan recreationally, uh, 
any other folks, anybody else would respond to that? How much energy would you invest in trying to get this non-white person to divest from these race soldiers? Can I say something? Hmm. I heard. I'm uh, sorry. You can go ahead. She can go ahead. This is our caller, yeah, Canada. Hi. Um, you know, at this point, sorry, my name is, is B, by the way. <laughs> gotcha. um, yes. I mean, in terms of energy, the most I can do is, is let that person know to, to just get away. It's a bad deal all around. Um, and especially with the lynchings um, or shootings that we see in Canada and our and the black community here is concerned that you know shootings might start occurring here again in Toronto as a result. Um, uh, it would be well worth the person's interest to to listen and to to take action and and staying away from that situation. But again, we don't know what their personal situation is like. Um, hopefully, they'll listen. If they don't, then you know we can't save everybody. You know, so we can only hope that they listen and take precautions from there. Logic. I hope that answers the question. I thought so. Uh, was that red in Nevada? Yes, um, thank you for allowing me to share another comment. Um, what I would um, suggest uh, as far as the energy, if he has, because it seems like he does have the proof that these whites are kind of um, uh, conspiring as far as getting their fellow racists to um, make money off of this black male. If he has how he is going to leave this um, business anyway, I would present him the proof that and then also to get their other races to um, profit. Then if he and that's all. So that that's all I would share. But then also just um, actually, I don't know if this is already mentioned or not, but um, a white woman and, and an intoxicated white woman being around. I'm assuming he's a, a non-white male is definitely a dangerous combination in and of itself with that part. If she is, you know, intoxicated and they, they like to rape everything, um, he, he can also be in danger that way. Um, so I just wanted to add that, and I'll meet my line. Good point. Was that, Stacy? were you going to comment as well? Yeah, um, I was just going to say something similar, actually, in terms of um, the proof that, these people are trying to um, siphon off money or whatever it is that they're up to. Um, in in I would definitely exit. He's already spent time trying to make this owner aware of what is going on. Um, him leaving would actually be a real indicator that you know there is something that this um, the owner needs to look into further. Um, and maybe there will, you know, maybe that will be the point at which this person does act. Um, and if he resolves what if his situation with those two people, um, I don't know what they are, accountants or whatever service they're providing to him, um, but that doesn't then stop a future relationship 
um, being maintained. Um, but in the media instance, I think it's about self-preservation. And also, I mean, what I would probably do is get a lawyer or get some advice from a lawyer in terms of making sure that there's some kind of documentation that you've made this person aware so that should um, anything happen in the future, you've got some legal evidence that you are not involved in whatever criminal activity they're up to. And the last thing on the, the weed, I mean, if you're in a household where they've got drugs lying around, even if you're not involved, I mean, you're going to just be exposed physically to drugs. And um, if where this person lives is anything like any other part of America, and certainly the UK, and he's a black male who gets stopped and then gets tested for drugs or whatever, just the mere fact that you're physically around um, drugs in, a, in, in someone's, um, someone's home also could wind up getting you charged for, for, for um, you know, being suspected of trafficking in drugs or whatever. So I'd, I'd just be careful on a number of fronts. I'll meet my long guess. Context of white supremacy. I agree completely. Did uh, did, did anybody else have suggestions that we missed? Anybody else have a hand up that had suggestions for this uh, situation specifically? Okay. Hey Gus, let me ask if I can get it um, get it in very quickly. Is um, me personally, and I think a lot of the black males on this line go to work every day and endure racism just to avoid being in the type of situation that you're putting yourself into. Um, it's an option um, to be in a situation and probably make a lot more money than what I make. But, you know, I chose to not do that because of the consequences of that. And I think that you should do the same thing. Hmm. Appreciate that, Thomas, in New York. Uh, did we, anybody else have a hand up uh, that had uh, suggestions for this situation specifically before we move forward? Grant, okay, assume we got everyone. Uh, hope, hopefully the caller you can get, and I've said this before, I mean, this applies to everyone, this caller, uh, the person who wrote in about this situation specifically, and then everybody else. I always appreciate the updates, the uh, the situation that I read, uh, the caller with the shoe situation, giving us an update from a year ago, and I remember that, like, psh, always appreciate the updates. Again, I say because we're all still learning, uh, so when we get updates, we get to hear what works, this is, you know, what I did and it worked. This is what I did. It worked. I didn't listen to you all. You don't know what you're talking about. I used my brain computer and came up with my own code for how I'm going to solve this problem. This is what happened. That helps. We can all figure out, hey, this is, you know, I heard a couple people have done this and it seemed to work out well for them. Maybe I can give this one a try. Uh, let's see. Uh, how about we can, we'll start with our first time caller B. Did you have your own situation that you wanted to share? Um, thank you. Uh, yes, um, I'll, I'll make it as brief as possible. Um, so with my situation, um, I, well, I've mentioned earlier uh, that I work with people living with disabilities, and I have my own business. Um, however, technically, I'm still working for another organization because I'm not able to get the contracts that I need in order to uh, sustained my business. Um, so 
um, basically I'm working contract work uh, with another organization that um, subcontracts to me. And then that's how I, I get uh, the clients that I work with. And um, the current contract that I'm in is at a school. And um, I'm working with people who are suspected white supremacists um, of, uh, of uh, Italian origin uh, because it's a, it's a particular school, uh, it's a religious school, uh, Roman Catholic school. And uh, today, uh, because a lot of there's been a lot of strange politics, and today the uh, the teacher that I work with, she mentioned uh, that she considers herself a WAP, and I was like, oh, okay, um, that was really odd. Uh, why would she be saying that to me? I'm literally the only black woman that works in in that school. And uh, she said, uh, oh, um, oh, just because, and because I asked her the question, why? And she said, oh, just because, uh, you know, WAPs are Italian and I'm Italian. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, now, I, I know that it is a racial slur or, or an ethnic slur, rather, um, to that particular community. So, you know, I was just left with wondering, you know, did I respond correctly? Did should I have asked more questions? I mean, at that point, I just felt okay. If she's identifying herself as that, that that's her business. I'm just going to leave it at that. But I'm in the back of my mind. I'm always wondering um, since that incident uh, of today. You know, what was she? What was she really trying to communicate? You know, and and also, did I handle it correctly? So that that's my situation right now. Thank you for listening. For sure. Uh, I think uh, frequent, at least my conclusion, I think a lot of times in the workplace, uh, whites, even beyond the workplace, whites, they will say things just to get a response from us. Uh, that's why I say I'm, I'm a big advocate. Uh, often we do not need to respond at all. Sometimes you don't need to say anything. Uh, like in this situation, her saying that I would be thinking to myself, now, why is she communicating that to me? You think of yourself as a WAP? Are you communicating to me that you think of me as a Negro? Like, why are you saying that to me? Do you tell everybody here? I'm Again, I would just be thinking this in my mind. Like, do you tell the individuals who are classified as white that we work with? Do you tell them that you think of yourself as a WAP? Or is this something that's just reserved for the non-white employees? That's what I'd be thinking. I, I would not ask her uh, any of those questions. That might be one where I just give her the hmm and call it a day. Because <laughs> like, uh, sometimes you just don't, and particularly anything that even could remotely be tacky. And that, if anything, is kind of tacky. <laughs> like, uh, at minimum, is kind of tacky. Uh, hmm. That's about all I have to say and moving on, because that's definitely not work-related. Um, Listeners, what do you all think on that one? Can I be heard? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. It's also an answer. <laughs> uh, I'm in agreement with Gus uh, based on ex uh, exactly uh, how you comment commented on uh, this uh, white person it doesn't uh 
uh, demand or logically speaking in a, in a intelligent way, it shouldn't, it shouldn't, uh, require any response on your behalf at all. Uh, I would say to any non-white person, if it's, if it's not something in regards to, uh, enlightening your income, uh, and I'm specifically meaning enlighten it as opposed to, uh, the opposite direction, uh, or improving your, your work condition, then for the most part, uh, there's no, nothing that warrants that you should, uh, respond verbally to it. That's it. If I can add okay. one. Yes. Yes, ma'am. I just want to add real quick. Uh, that would definitely be one to document. If they had the audacity at any point in the next year, next two years to say, you don't talk. You're so quiet. Well, <laughs> on May 10th, uh, such and such told me that she thinks of herself as a WAP. And I said, hmm. Well, in this case, you didn't say all that. But and I said, hmm. Now, that was an instance where I didn't say a whole lot. I didn't know what to say. What is the correct response? Like, I would document anytime if you're in an environment where you think that sort of charge could happen, I would document all of the statements like that. Anything that could be con or anything that you think is racist contributes to a toxic work environment. I would document all of those statements. And then if that charge ever comes up that you don't talk, well, a lot of things are said in the office place, and I often don't know how to respond, so I just don't say anything. Red in Nevada. Um, thank you for allowing me to comment. So, um, actually, I feel like that's one of the things that I've noticed with white women. They like to, if, let's say if a white woman, because I've had experiences with white women, if they are fat, then they're like, oh, well, we're our struggle is one and the same because I'm fat and I'm also, you know, discriminated against or oppressed. And I feel like that might also be a, a reason why she told this non-white woman uh, or non I don't, I guess that's supposed to be derogatory, but I'm really not sure of the meaning. And that's also been a question. What does that mean? But I'm also, I also do uh, like the, the comment of who and just, you know, leaving it at that. But this may also be a way for her to try to open up a conversation and maybe allow this white woman to share some of her quote unquote woes with this uh, non-white female. And I'll meet my line. Thank you. Appreciate that. Now, Red. Was this? Go ahead. I have a experience with this word. Now, when I was in high school, uh, the Italian kids would call themselves WAPs. It was like how black people call themselves nigger. Um, you know what? You know it's a stupid WAP. You know, and they'll start laughing. But um, they would get offended if one of the other white people called them a guinea. That that would really piss them off, and that might you know. But they all had different terms. They had Polak, you know, for the Polish. I mean, they they were really, you know, and you know they didn't say anything to us really. You know, in front of us, but um, that's what that word meant. Appreciate that, Thomas in New York. Any any other folks uh, want to respond to B situation? Grand, you can give us the update on her conduct moving forward if she brings this up again as she's uh, speaking with you, or if you hear her bringing it up with other. Uh, employees. 
Um, I'm also I'm a big advocate of uh, as we go through the process of learning and developing our own counter racist code of not trying to don't second guess ourselves too much. I mean, you all you racists will give you plenty of opportunities, uh, second chances, as they call it, to uh, give counter racism another try. If you feel like you could have done better or did this, you will get many, many opportunities to practice. But, uh, yeah, I think just go about the business of trying to do our best and, and try not to be hard on ourselves, keep our black self-respect high. Uh, other folks, if you have your own situation that actually get back to reading uh, other folks who wrote in with commentary. Uh, let's see the person, this black female we heard before she dialed in recently, black female in Virginia. Uh, she got the half million dollar gift for the university that she works for in Virginia. And then this white woman stepped in, uh, made a false charge that she had messed up the procedure and got like half of the credit for this given they're competing against each other for uh, sales. The black female who wrote in and this uh, suspected racist white woman, they're all in a competition against each other and the white woman is losing. Uh, but her making a false charge and contributing nothing of value to this massive gift that this black female had been working on, I think she said for like a year, even more than that. Uh, and this white woman just gets to come in and steal half the credit. Anyway, she's writing in to give us an update. Uh, she says, I have a new supervisor who was hired unbeknownst to the team. A little background. Uh, the position is director for major gift fundraisers, a position that has been open for almost two years. In the first round of interviews, the candidate, black male, superb in my estimation, did not accept the job because we were told he would have to relocate and his wife could not find a job in our area. We were told she's an attorney and the breadwinner of the family. I'm not sure why this was mentioned because this position is a six figure position. In the second round of interviews, a black male candidate and a racist suspect white female candidate came in to meet with the team. Rumor had it that the white female was favored for the position. Although the black candidate was questionable, due to his implied tragic arrangement. Oh no, he felt it necessary to mention in the group interview that he traveled to Ireland to visit his family's, his, to visit his wife's family. I voiced my opinion that I thought he was the better candidate. I also voiced that the racist suspect female stated during the group interview with the team that she was willing to fire people and that was not appropriate. She also shared personal information about infertility, pregnancy, etc. And I stated that this too was not appropriate interview conversation. White women and infant. Woo! That is a totally different discussion. Have to bring that up on compensatory call it. I have to put a little note down. But wow, I think that might have been if I don't know the. Uh, the other folks that were on the interview team, but if there were white women there, she might have been communicating with them directly, uh, sharing white woes and why she needs this job. If she's got compensatory call in, make note, compensatory call in. Uh, the result was that they closed that search without hiring either candidate. Then a few weeks ago, it was announced that the director was hired again, unbeknownst to the team and without a group interview. She came to my office to meet with me one-on-one -on -one and started and started the tacky behavior immediately in a very familiar way. She came all the way into my office, 
even behind the desk to stand close to me and in my space and ask questions while looking out of my window. Then when she sat down across the desk where the chairs are, she asked me to close the shades for her comfort. At this point, I am on my guard because she disclosed that she knows the woman who took the half credit for my $600,000 gift and they are friends. Ugh. Stay tuned. I will call in on Thursday, but prefer to write my thoughts down so I don't ramble on the phone. Everyone is working not to ramble. Uh, white went for white people, period network. Uh, that's just something to keep in mind. I underestimated. I think I said a half million dollars. It was six hundred thousand dollars. And of course, they will be in cahoots. Uh, if this white woman was scheming and upset before about failing and what have you, now she will feel like she has an ally uh, who is there uh, to, you know, put things in order in the great state of Virginia. Uh, I will read one more uh, and then we'll get to our callers. Uh, this is Black male. Uh, he writes in, I mentioned before that I would give a more detailed description of my workplace practices concerning documenting problems. I used to be reluctant utilizing technology such as Google Docs, Google Calendar, etc., believing that my privacy was paramount. After continued reading about racism, I have concluded that privacy for victims of racism is very much an illusion to begin with. I assume that all aspects of my life can and will be reviewed in full detail as if I were to live it all over again. So I decided that I might as well harness technology, even technology that has the ability to track things such as search results to my advantage. Here is a daily log of how I document my day. I arrive early to work. I pull out my phone and open Google Calendar. In Google Calendar, there are some fields where information can be entered. Here are the fields as follows and what information I put in them. Title. Here. I will put the word work to show I was at work and the, co and the company name. If I was not at work, I will put no work. After a few times entering the name of the company, the field will begin to guess and auto-populate so you will not have to keep, try keep typing in the name from scratch. If I did not work, I will also put a reason why, such as sick. If I am late, I will put late work. Basically, I have three categories. Work, no work, Work late. Note, I, I will not add a field on days that are not designated for the normal work week, such as Saturday. This may apply to some victims. Time. I always put the time I arrived and left work. I also do this on the occasion I am late. I have found this to be very important. It is very important that arriving on time is under your control as much as possible. But also annotating when you are late will come in handy on the occasion you are possibly reprimanded for being late. If you are brought in for being late, there will indeed be paperwork showing on what dates you were late. Do not be surprised if there are extra dates added to inflate the seriousness of this offense. Being able to counter this with proper records not only catches them in acts of deception, but it also shows that you are aware of how you use company time. Location. I put the address of where my place of work is. I often travel, so this field may have another address for that day, which I will also annotate the times in which I arrived and left that separate location. 
This comes in handy with Google Maps for tracking mileage. Notes. I use this field to quickly give a description of problems I see throughout the day I believe are noteworthy. I will then type up an incident later in a Google document or another word processor. What is helpful is to have designated categories that you can put incidences in when writing these notes. For example, I will start a note with one of the following categories. Sexual harassment, lying, aggression, unclear instructions, contradictions, etc. I'll put a comma and then type a short description to jog my memory. Great way to make a note. There also is a color coding option for the day. I mark all incidences in red, which is different from the default color for my calendar. This practice has helped me build confidence about completing my workday, and it has helped me not to be so frustrated on the occasions I have to deal with mistreatment on the job. I often, I often even play a game with myself to see which coworker can fill all of the categories of mistreatment first. When I say game, I do not mean to find humor, but it helps prime my thinking to always be expecting mistreatment that is a beautiful unfortunate but hey that is the system of white supremacy if there is a meeting i may tell myself i wonder what category of mistreatment i can expect during this meeting and from whom question uh, i actually had a question when he said uh that doing this engaged in this behavior if the person is listening keeping notes and being meticulous about it uh, that this has helped them. Uh, he says this has helped him build confidence about completing my workday and has helped me not to be so frustrated on occasions that I have to deal with mistreatment. Just if you could elaborate as to how, why that is the case, that might be good for some listeners. Uh, last few sentences he writes, uh, also the reason I use Google is because if I lose my phone, I can still have access to this information. I hope this is constructive info. Indeed, very codified. Uh, I hope it at minimum, at minimum, encourages, motivates more non-white people to document or to continue documenting if it's something that you're already doing. Uh, I cannot stress it enough. I have seen repeatedly where that can be very, very helpful. And in this case, even just for building confidence and Black self-respect as you function on the job, that is hugely valuable context of white supremacy. Uh, let's see, folks, anybody that we've not heard from at all? Do we have any folks on the line with us that have not been able to speak at all? Oh, so everybody that has a hand up thus far we've heard from, we haven't missed anyone totally yet. Can I be heard? Yes, ma'am. Hi, this is Tracy Mania from North Carolina. I just wanted to let you know I'm enjoying the show. And um, I just want to give you a follow-up from last week. Um, everything turned out with this situation at work um, where I documented uh, with the gentleman that I had. They were asking for information regarding um, trying to pump me for information for one of the guys, two of the guys that got fired. Um, I haven't heard anything else of that situation. So I just wanted to just... Uh, you know, let you guys know the follow-up in regards to that situation. And I'll mute my line. Thank you. Thank you. I remember that uh, from last week uh, as well. And that another one, as short as I was informed that the two individuals no longer work here. And that's all I know. 
can be truthful and right to the point, as concise as possible. Uh, the other folks uh, have, if you had your individual situation you wanted to share, even if you already commented, uh, if you dialed in and you haven't been able to share your own situation, feel free. May I be heard? Yes, ma'am. Um, this is Red in Nevada again. Um, I'll try to be as brief as possible because I did have some comments about some of the other um, writers. So the person in um, Nevada, and I'll actually tie this into my workplace racism as well, but um, just definitely being careful about, um, you know, as far as like them firing that that lead um, supervisor, I can't remember if he was actually a, a suspected racist or not. But in my hand um, and in, in, in the workbook for my current plantation, um, they make it they make it explicit about how this is one of the right to work states, which basically to me kind of translates to, you know, whites have the discretion to practice racism and they don't they don't have to give you a reason why they're firing you or not. So no matter how much documentation I could have, it doesn't matter. And actually, I overheard a a black female um, speaking about how when she was here got fired from a position and tried to take it to a lawyer and they they wouldn't help her because of the whole right to work um, state uh, policy or law here uh, the other writer about the calendar i definitely thought that that was um uh, I, I definitely appreciate that information and also just tying it back to my workplace racism one of the meetings that i was able to have with my supervisor because um, almost on a weekly basis, she's found a reason why to either cancel our one-on-one -on -one meetings or, or what have you, something seems to come up. So still um, to this day, I've only had one one-on-one uh, -on -one meeting with her when other people, they probably had at least five. But um, during our meeting, she had said that, because I had said something basically about being late and the company policy says they have no no leap, there's no um, grace period with other companies that I worked for. Um, if you arrive and you know, are, are you and uh, if you arrive like five minutes later or something like that, when you're just walking into the building because you have to basically have a badge to even get into the building, then and and get to your desk or whatever within that five minutes, then you'll still be fine after your your work uh, has was supposed to start. If you're supposed to be there at eight, you can get there at eight oh five, and it won't really be a problem. But of course, they still track those things. So should they have to fire you, they can also say, well, even though this is a part of our policy, you're still you know basically not um, at the level of performance. But with this place, there's there's not that particular grace period. But then she told me, well, oh, well, we don't really expect you to be on time or be in your, you know, in your area ready to work at your scheduled time because we know sometimes the, the systems can take a while to, um, like, pull up. So I still don't really try to – I still keep that in, in the back of my mind, but I don't really try to go by that because it seems like that's discretionary because it's not written anywhere. And I also, um, and then also the the fact that I was going over the the, um, the 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 handbook, the employee handbook. I actually asked my supervisor where I could find it online. So if like I had some downtime, if I could find it on the company's like intranet, then I would just you know go there. And she apparently thought that that was so amazing that she said something about it in one of the, like the supervisors' meetings. And all the other supervisors, they were kind of like 
um, surprised and shocked, almost disgusted, at least by the face that she gave me. And they were like, well, why do they, why does she need that? And she's like, well, oh, well, just to, you know, make sure that she's aware of the policies. And I guess that was kind of like her way of saying, well, you know, one of my employees are, are really doing a good job, but it's not necessarily to make her feel better. It's actually to make me feel better because um, when I first started this uh, position um, in like the orientation, one thing that always stuck with me was that the whole um, sexual harassment policy. And I had um, told the story, not uh, I guess a couple of weeks ago about um, kind of like the exchange with me and the black male. And that's another thing I'll try to quickly um, speak about as well. But if someone feels like maybe he is harassing me or I'm harassing him, then they can report either one of us. And so that's one another reason why I, if he even tries to um, like kind of entertain the white people that are around us, I still don't like really let him bait me into that because it can have, you know, um, repercussions, uh, major repercussions. But also um, he had actually shared with me because sometimes we do talk, but he had shared with me how the white, the, the racist who refused to get my name right, uh, who refuses to get my name right still, it's been months now, but how she's kind of um, practicing racism against him. And I overheard a conversation that they, that she was actually um, having with him, an unsolicited conversation where she was saying, well, oh, well, I just want to make the company better. And, and then she started talking about stocks and she was like, well, I know how a company is run. And, and she, he had told me that she had said to him, Oh, well, um, well, you know, well, the stock prices are like this. Well, you know what? No, never mind. You wouldn't understand. And not knowing that this black male, he, he basically does deal with stocks and exchanges and all types of things outside of work. So he basically was saying how, how racist she is and just kind of basically wanting somebody to talk to about that. So I tried to give him a little bit of advice to just basically ignore her like I did. So she doesn't really just speak to me. Um, but I'll just leave it there. And thank you for allowing me to share. For sure. Is this the the race soldier who's not pronouncing your name and just assumes that this uh, peanut brain nigra couldn't possibly know anything about the stock market? Uh, is this the same one that uh, there was a thought that she might have some sort of developmental problem or mental issue or something? That's the very same one. Okay. That's <laughs> just say like... Uh, and she might, she might that whatever disability or what have you, that might be authentic. Maybe she does, but she certainly does not seem to have an impairment with regards to the practice of racism. Uh, Negras are idiots. Got it. <laughs> and I don't need to get their name right. Got it. Got it. <laughs> like whatever mental problem she has, it is not messing up her grasp of what it means to be white. She is still PhD scholar in that area. Uh, and great recommendation in terms of the ignore that we have lots of folks, I guess, who, who their their code entails some black self-respect to, hey, if it's a black person that I'm working with, I'm going to try to the best of my ability to share constructive uh, information with them. It does seem like a lot of uh, cows listeners have taken that code. Obviously, not all. Doesn't have to be unanimous, but we do have a lot of black black self-respect uh, with folks willing to share and, and to try to help out other black people as best they can on the job. Um, and that work to right to work state issues, certainly racists, uh, they exercise that worldwide uh, and just saying, hey, uh, we're ready to terminate you. And that's just that. And that's something to keep in mind as well, uh, that you can do all of the correct things and they can still abuse, terrorize and terminate you on the job. That's the system of white supremacy. 
other folks, if you all wanted to comment on what's been shared thus far, or if you have your own situation you want to discuss, the number again, 641-715-3640, the code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Uh, if you have a hand up, feel free. Everyone else is having sparkling time on the job, getting all their raises, promotions, bonuses, no issues, not being falsely accused of anything. Good evening, everyone. Can I be heard? Yes, sir. Yes, I just wanted to give out one report. Um, so at my uh, workplace, our white male suspected racist supervisor, uh, he has an, uh, an assistant. You know, we work in the medical field, so he has an assistant that, that's always helping him. So uh, I guess he's uh, he's known to be very demanding with uh, what he needs to, you know, get his job done. So his assistant is uh, constantly at his, you know, beckoning call. So uh, I guess and I'm working in my space and my my uh, particular uh, work uh, area. And uh, I hear uh, this suspected racist out in the hallway. Um, he calls the uh, his assistant's name. Uh, let's say his name is Michael. He's like, "Hey, Michael," and um, and again, I'm just listening, so I'm not um, able to see what's going on. And I, I kind of hear some footsteps as soon as he says the, the name. It was, you know, pretty rapid. And then the uh, suspected racist goes. He starts laughing out loud, very boisterous and loud, laughing. Oh my God, uh, Michael, you're like a Pavlovian dog. You know, it's like when I call your name, you're like a salivating dog. You just come, you know, you just jump up and, and do, you know, jump up and, and, and await for me. And, um, you know, I thought that was him uh, definitely practicing racism. Um, it, it was. And also, I'm sorry, I was going to just stick with one. There was one more incident where uh, the same... Uh, a uh, white male suspected racist. Um, he was speaking to a uh, uh, non-white black male who was going to be relocating to another area. Actually, he was going to be, uh, he was resigning from this job. And he had got another job in the uh, Los Angeles area, and he was going to be moving to the Los Angeles area. So um, he was talking to the uh, non-white uh, black male, and I happened to, actually, actually, no, me and the, uh, the black male were having a conversation and then he walked over and kind of, you know, uh, injected himself into the conversation and was like, oh, okay, so you're, uh, you're going to be moving to L.A., huh? And, you know, the guy was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah just make sure you don't wear any uh, red or blue and starts laughing and then um, walks off. So just two uh, incidents right there. Um, thanks for letting me share. Context of white supremacy, uh, keep it 
tacky. Uh, and I feel like that's why I said whites, they do those sort of things. I think we've had a lot of instances like that over the years and talking about workplace racism where whites on the job, they'll come up and make those uh, types of statements. I think just within the last 30 days, I think we had a caller. He said uh, it was a some white dude on the job came up to him and said, hey, man, are you going to be you going to be wearing a do rag over the weekend? Like just the ta- I put that in the same category. Uh, B in Canada, when she said the white woman uh, thought of herself as a uh, as a wop, the same type of thing. They would not make these sort of comments. They would not be saying these type of things. The uh, caller that we had a few months back who said that the white guy would come up to him and be like, hey, you're such a pimp, man. You're such a pimp. Like he was giving him a compliment by calling a black man. This is uh, we're wearing suits professional office like this is not you know a club that we're not we're not working at a strip club uh, and calling him a pimp do you do that to anybody else at the office just number one being aware of white supremacy racism i know myself when i was more confused i would hear that sort of thing and just think oh they're just trying to joke and what no they're practicing white supremacy racism in fact and even i had a, a white person on a job that i was working this was years back he said uh did you know he just came out of the blue we were not talking about television at all (laughs) we were going about our work day out of the blue randomly did you know that the jeffersons was the first show to feature an interracial relationship and i just remember looking at me like what i didn't have an understanding of codification but the randomness of it just had me like what is he talking about this how does he even know that i like the jeffersons or interracial relationships like what is tacky trashy terroristic just being aware of that on the job and again for i would say all of these you don't need to say anything Mm. and you can go about your day i would just document that yes on such and such time such and such a date this was said that don't wear these gang colors or whatever the tacky uh remark happens to be for the day uh other folks that we have not heard from or other folks who had commentary that they wanted to share if you have a hand up mine should be open Podcast. Stacy in the UK. Um, yeah, uh, two points. Um, firstly, I was having a chat with my um, daughter today and um, just talking about some of the stuff that I had experienced at work, and she was revealing to me her thoughts on how you behave in the workplace. And we've had conversations about her work experiences before, and she has obviously encountered racism before. Um, And, you know, where she was doing, um, I guess, a Saturday job and just being harassed to the extent, you know, she asked me, could she leave? And Um, This was a few years ago, and I just said, yeah, you don't need to stay anywhere where they're mistreating you in that way. Um, And, you know, I mean, I would have never made her stay anyway. It was a a job that she took um, when she was studying to just get a little bit of extra money. But, you know, to a certain degree, you, you, you try and encourage them to work through situations but when it got to a stage where it was just damaging her self-esteem um and you know she expressed that she wanted to leave you know then i was you know encouraged her to leave but today she um, we were talking about an internship that she did 
in another organisation in an investment bank. Um, and she actually pointed out to me um, that, you know, I guess it's the balance between trying to fit into an organisation and the awareness of the fact that they will pry into your personal life um, and to a certain extent we have to be aware of the behaviours and the ex how, how we're expected to behave. Um, and, you know, she pointed out to me that when she was at the investment bank, she tried to work really hard and she was working very hard because she would leave there at 10 o'clock at night. Um, and I wasn't particularly happy about that. But, you know, she's saying she didn't, she wasn't taken on at the end of it. Um, and it was things like she said she used to sit there with her headphones on. Um, and that was a problem. Now, I this is years later. I didn't know that, you know, that that had been an issue. And it just made me think about, you know, sometimes just maybe going into a lot more detail with our children about, the workplace and, and I, as I said I do have conversations with her but I don't think back then I would have necessarily made or highlighted things like you know wearing headphones in the office because I've worn headphones in, in the organisation that I work for and some managers have an issue and then they get over it and some make it more of an issue than others but where I work most people have headphones on at some point during the day and I guess certain managers can make it an issue if they want to or not. But I hadn't realised that actually just some of the um, things that had gone on. So I guess my point is that, you know, even we should always make it routine to have conversations with our children, even and just get into the practice of sharing. And, and I, I thought I did do that, but I realised today that I probably hadn't gone into as much detail in terms of, just everyday codes in the workplace and what our children can expect and I'm sure other people listening in do that but um you know I guess for those of us who haven't necessarily either gone into as much detail as we perhaps could do or have not thought about it I'm just sort of highlighting it and the other point is around um something that's been troubling me for a while actually and I, I guess it's around all the many ways in which we can be sabotaged or people can try and set us up and again maybe this is just naivety on my part but I remember um, there have been a few times actually where people will come and say things and I guess it's the entrapment factor so Earlier on this evening, I guess people were pointing out where tacky, suspected racists would come up and make tacky comments about the do-rag or whatever, you know, just a you know, really tacky statement um, just to get a reaction. But, I mean, there have been times in the workplace where, you know, uh, one suspected racist was talking about another suspected racist who... Um, he, he he's a peculiar character, put it that way, you know. And sometimes you can you can work with him, and he's really cooperative and really nice, and you know you get on the work. And there's times when he can just be really aggressive and um, be really difficult to work with. And the, you know, there's not necessarily uh, any indicator that he might be in one mood or another. You just take it, take him as you find him. Um, but I was working 
I had been brought in to work with that team on a project. Uh, so I wasn't really that familiar with them anyway, or the um, particular character traits. And I remember this female um, coming to me and saying, well, I think it's because he's Jewish. And I was stunned. And I, I, I didn't actually say anything. And I, you know, and she played this super, 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 super nice person, you know, and she's really, um, you know, looking out for my interests and all the above. And, you know, sort of, I knew it wasn't right. And I think I certainly wasn't going to comment on the fact that he was Jewish anyway. Um, but, you know, sort of months later, years later, just really, realizing that all she was doing was just saying something which seemed to be very provocative as a way of um, getting me to then comment on his Jewishness so that she could take it down and use it as evidence against me. Um, And at that time, because I was quite new into the scene, there was no reason for me to suspect that she was doing anything in terms of trying to set me up. Um, And I think it's just... For me, it might, I mean, it's happened probably more times than I realise it. And um, I guess there's a, a, perhaps a naivety on my part in terms of how far people will go. They will literally make statements which could get themselves, you know, the individual into trouble if I chose to go and repeat it. But I guess she's so confident in her network and the agenda that, it would never be taken seriously anyway, which is why they can say things which on paper should, or certainly in terms of policy, would actually lead to some, should lead to some kind of reprimand for her. But, you know, I guess my point is to just be aware of those tactics. And again, you know, other people listening might be very familiar with those types of um, shenanigans but for me I, it, it really took me a long time to work out that actually people will go that far just to set you up um, and I'll meet my line thus. Context of white supremacy again Stacy joining us live from the UK it is 2.39 a.m. Friday morning uh, both in my view very important points. Number one, I don't have children. Try to make sure I remind listeners of that frequently. That is a hugely important point in terms of number one, just speaking honestly with our children about white supremacy, racism, and specifically about what's happening to us on the job because it has a huge impact on them. I mean, you go to work, we spend 40, 50 hours, some of us way more than that on a job or jobs. And I'm being terrorized and you come home and our children are not understanding what's wrong with us and why we're aggravated and or if you're terminated or just all the things that we have to deal with uh, in the workplace and our children to not understand that, that that's what we're dealing with on the job. That needs to be discussed. Absolutely. And the other component, they're likely going to have to work. It's even if they're entrepreneurs, as they say, they're likely going to have to work talking to them about our experiences that is helping to develop their workplace racism code right there. Hopefully they won't need it. We can get this problem solved before they hit the workplace, but that is important nonetheless. Uh, and the other component, I stated consistently, 
we should be in a habit of speaking as though we're under surveillance because we are. I think the person wrote in earlier about how you don't have uh, privacy. I think that helps a lot in just staying in the mind frame of, yes, people will try to set you up. Yes, people will just bring up a topic or something that could be uh, considered uh, incendiary and just see if they can get you to join in on it when they were uh, the comment that she made about, oh, I think it's because this person is Jewish to get you talking. They could have recording devices, anything. We should all be thinking that way. And I think for a lot of us, it's just that is beyond the scope of our thinking. Like we just don't have those type of uh, diabolical schemes of setting people up. That's, we're just trying to go to work, do our job and go home. Uh, that's just not in our thinking, much less that other people are are thinking that way and trying to orchestrate those types of things. Just be, and I found that the best way again, constantly speak as though I am on record for the world. Get in the habit of speaking that way, it will serve you well. Other folks who have commentary, uh, if you have your own situation that you want to discuss, or if you want to uh, share, comment on what's been discussed thus far, line should be open. Feel free. Your volume is a little low, if you could speak up. Sure. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay. How's it going, everyone? Uh, black male engineer here. Um, I wanted to comment on the caller, um, the call, um, the writing listener. Uh, in regards to the marijuana, uh, I would drop that job immediately. Um, for every state that any particular um, product of illegal drug or narcotic crosses, that's an additional felony that can be charged because it's crossing state lines. Um, especially if you happen to use any sort of postal service or any type of shipping company, um, the charges are raised even higher. Um, so I, I would just avoid that situation completely, especially in Georgia. Um, and especially with, um, you know, Donald Trump wanting to give the death penalty for drug dealers. Um, I would stay away from that job. And then I wanted to comment on something that happened at work today. We had an active shooter training and about 30, 35 whites, three black people. And that was about it. And they were going through the scenarios, what to do if an active shooter comes. And um, one thing they said was that um, the shooter is more than likely going to be someone you work with. So that's always something to remember. Anyone you're working, the shooter more than likely will probably be someone you work with. Um, and there was a, it was a weird scenario where they said that a woman would come and knock on the door to try to get into the building uh, when there's an active shooter in. And they asked, what would you do? Would you let the woman in or would you leave her out? And some of these responses from the whites were like uh, crazy. Um, people were saying we just have to sacrifice her. Uh, you know, we don't know exactly who she is, you know, which is fine, but the, the terminology, like sacrifice, um, the tone, um, the <clears throat> there was like a visceral reaction to the fact that this was a woman. 
asking for help. Like I, and I, there were two other women in the room and I kind of like looked at them and um, these were uh, white women and they started, excuse me, they changed their, um, they, they changed their pattern, their, uh, their voice patterns or whatever. And they started agreeing with the men in the room, but you could tell they were very uncomfortable with the situation because it just seemed like all these white men were just like, well, we'll just sacrifice that woman outside because we don't know what the fuck's going on. And um, I don't know why that was put into the program because these are a bunch of like old white men in their 50s, you know, and I didn't see how that was constructive. But other than that, active shooters, really interesting situations. Um, they say not to move anywhere when the shooter is um, shooting because the police could come in and, you know, if they see you, especially if you're black, probably get shot instantly because they think you're the shooter. And then I'll, I'll end it. Wow. Make it plain. <laughs> Make it plain. That is, that's uh, when you were when you were talking about the the language of sacrifice that began being used when they said, you know, would you do if this woman showed up? I was thinking, wow, maybe they read Mr. Fuller's uh, material and they were thinking white sacrifice. That's just got to be what it's going to be. Sometimes got to have white sacrifices. I was uh, thinking of that. Um, I guess just in those, I think this is at least the second time within the last 30 days that we've had uh, a listener who said that they had some sort of active shooter training on the job or something like that. I think our caller in Florida who works at the courthouse, I think he reported the same thing. And uh, he was talking about racism within the training there too, and how they reported, you know, or, or I guess were given the training or whatever it was, whatever it was going down, but to be expected. Uh, fascinating dialogue with the whole exchange about who was going to be substitute. It seemed like the, I guess from, if I'm, if I interpreted your response correctly, or what you shared, the white women uh, co-signed on what the white males were saying, even though they seemed uncomfortable about thinking, wow, our femininity would, would not save us. We would be a white sacrifice. Wow. <laughs> like, am I interpreting what you said correctly? Yes, sir. Yes, okay. you are. Okay. Wow. Uh, other folks who uh, dialed in, thank you for the commentary, sir. Other folks who dialed in, if you have your own situation that you want to discuss, or if you have comments on what's been shared thus far, line should be open. Proceed. Hi, may I may I be heard? Yes, ma'am. <clears throat> yeah. First, I just want to say thank you so much to everyone uh, on the program who've contributed. Um, uh, uh, I just have to say everyone here is absolutely amazing, so thank you. Um, the other thing that I wanted to to bring about was it's more of a form of a question. Um, have you noticed um, when HR is giving their training, especially around workplace uh, harassment, um, that they are actually trying to deter non-white people from from using that uh, policy. And the reason why I'm asking is I've noticed um, in the industry that I'm in now, but um, which is uh, uh, for support work, but um, even in, in other industries that I've worked in before, such as banking and whatnot, I've noticed that the human resources, when they're doing their training, especially around workplace violence, 
um, they try to make it seem that issues around racism uh, is trivial, and they they actually um, what they, what I've actually heard in training is you know if a client is is making um, uh, racial slurs against you, um, just to it's water off a duck's back. Their metaphor. And um, I've also heard, um, you know, that if, if not to take it personally and that, um, and that if you take it personally, then your competency is questioned as to whether or not you can work with the clients as a result. And it, it just seems to be that there's this underlying campaign to deter non-white people from using workplace harassment in particular when it comes to racism to not use that policy, to not lodge a complaint. So I was wondering if anyone else has experienced that before. Thank you. I'll leave my line. Great question. Any other folks uh, have experienced that? Notice the same pattern? May I be heard? Yes, ma'am. Um, thank you for allowing me to share again. And I have also noticed that um, I had worked at, at my previous position, um, which is actually different from the current position that I have. If someone were calling you out of your name or that, I actually got, well, the customer basically compared himself to not being a truck driver nigger. I actually use that same terminology, but um you basically just had to ignore it. You could not hang up on them or anything like that, which is different um, from the position that I'm in now. If a customer is saying something like that, um, you can, you know, request that, you know, they speak differently. But I guess in the case with, I think that was B in Canada, um, I was in one of my previous positions, I was a, a, a nurse assistant. And that's exactly what they said. They just said, well, you know, these people are old or there's something, there's some type of ailment with them. So it doesn't really matter what they say. So you can basically be called nigger all day, which one time I was. And, you know, it, you, it just didn't matter. It didn't go in with their chart as far as their negative behaviors. And um, I'll meet my line. Thank you. Appreciate that, Red in Nevada. Any other listeners noted uh, a pattern where black people are discouraged just with the vernacular or uh, presentation? Black people are discouraged from using human resources or reporting racism on the job? water off a duck's back. I do encourage paying attention to metaphors, uh, especially in the context of work. In fact, I had been thinking this was the other broadcast if I was going to pick one where there should be no metaphors because we definitely want clarity when we're talking about things on the job. Uh, I don't want any metaphors when we're talking about my uh, compensation or my bonus or my raise. Uh, I don't want to be trying to guess what we're talking about. We want to be precise and exact uh, with what's being reported. Uh, while we see if other folks uh, have any reports on a similar pattern of black people being discouraged from reporting racism on the job or using uh, human resources, uh, other folks who dialed in with a hand up, uh, if you have commentary, mine should be open. Can I be heard? 
You can go ahead, sir. Oh, um, Gus, uh, could you do a quick summary? I, I didn't quite catch the um, question. Make sure I'm not. Am I restating your question uh, correctly, ma'am? Yes, you are, Gus. Thank you very much. Okay. Uh, uh, the question was, uh, if, has anyone else noticed a pattern of black people on jobs being discouraged from reporting racism? Like if they're doing some sort of training about human resources and like workplace misconduct, uh, they'll use language uh, like she was saying, they'll use metaphors to say, oh, it's just, you know, don't worry about it or ignore it. It's just water off a duck's back or you know, or if you do report it, it shows that you are too sensitive, maybe, or that you're not quite competent. You're not tough enough to do this job where some way black people are uh, discouraged from reporting racism on the job. Have you noticed a similar pattern? Yes, I've noticed this. And. The reason it's significant in my case that I've seen it is that the way they the way the racists try to operate, they try to iso they try to make everything seem like it's isolated. So like um they will say something racist to you or you might get reprimanded a certain way and they won't because it's hard to describe the psychology, but I guess because of the psychology or their perceived um, hierarchical difference, sometimes you don't say anything. So you might just um, you might just not say anything to anyone about the situation, but then you find out that there are loads of non-white people. There's a large group of non-white people being treated the exact same way, but no one's talking to each other. So then. Um, when you don't have that um, like group protection or sense of identity in the workplace, from what I've seen, you're, you're less likely to report instances of uh, racism on the job. Can I be heard? Oh, Mr. Steele, go ahead. Um, are, are, are we talking, are we still talking about, um, this previous subject or, um, can we talk about uh, our own experiences? Oh, we can continue. If people do have, uh, responses to that question, that's fine. We can add those in as we go. But if you want to share your own, uh, experience, that's fine as well, Mr. Steele. Perfect. Um, mm. Right now, I am in San Jose, California. That is in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, that's, uh, I guess, Silicon Valley, where all of the tech stuff is uh, centered around. And I'm currently at a conference uh, for um, fintech uh, individuals. So one of the things that I have noticed is that whenever they're talking about broad and they are using examples in their apps, I've noticed consistently that they will use names for the examples that sound black to me. Um, I remember one piece of software that was specifically designed to um, detect fraud um, uh, in uh, I guess, usage of 
um, company fund, and uh, they were talking about a phenomenon known as double dipping, whereby um, somebody will report uh, a charge twice by submitting the receipt and then submitting the bank statement. So uh, then uh, on the bank statement, they'll have one transaction, and on, on a receipt, they'll have another. And this is known as double dipping. They were showing this example, and I noticed uh, the name on the example was Alicia Johnson. And, you know, they kept on saying Alicia Johnson. And, hey, if there's any Alicia Johnson uh, in the audience, um, you know, our bad, you know, uh, don't take it personally. Uh, and it was just really interesting. And then um, another name that I saw that was used on a call center, uh, it was a call center type app. Um, it was to detect um, fraudulent, it was to detect fraudulent usage of, uh, I guess, company resources or something like that. And then uh, the name was Shante Smith. And this was a completely different company, completely different uh, app, completely different um, discussion, but it was still on fraud. And it was Shante Smith. That was distinctly a black name. And uh, I, I guess there was a theme um, amongst a lot of these tech guys to use, I, I'm, I'm guessing, and it, it just, it, it happened like at least twice that I noticed. So I'm thinking that this is just a joke that they have within the culture. And it was just very odd. And right now they have me staying in a double tree. And I'm in a pretty nice, uh, it's a pretty nice hotel. Uh, but I'm getting the feeling that the people that are here don't think that I belong here um, when I'm wearing anything other than my suit. So I showed up here and I remember I got a complimentary breakfast ticket, for instance, and I went down to the uh, place to, you know, get my breakfast and I'm, I'm getting my breakfast and I asked the um, waiter if I can take this back to my room. And, you know, he's scoffing and he's making a big, you know, he's making all sorts of faces and he says, you know, you're not supposed to do that, this, that, and the other. And I'm thinking to myself, this has a concierge. I mean, like, this is supposed to be, you know, to do anything you want. And then they have all sorts of signs that say, if you're not satisfied with your stay, let us know and we'll make it right. And, you know, I'm getting all sorts of, you know, guff from this, I guess, uh, waiter about, about taking my stuff. Um, anytime I make a request, you know, they kind of look at me and, you know, like, uh, you know, I ask for my room key and everything like that. It's, it's really weird. I, I just get the, the sense that, you know, um, that this, these sort of accommodations were not designed for black people to, <laughs> you know, use or partake in. I noticed that in the entire conference, I must be maybe one of less than 10 black attendees there. Um, that was something that that's just a really strange phenomenon, even after being in Los Angeles all this time where there's not as many black people as there are in Chicago. It's just really strange to be um, in scenarios and situations where I am, uh, again, the only black person. And um, 
I don't know. Um, the only other black people I notice that are are here seem to be um, other um, uh, people of African um, origin, uh, well, directly of African origin, and um, and they're just sparsely populated. There's nobody younger than um, 40 other than me, and um, and this uh, who is black, and uh, that's strange too. So uh, very very very. Um, strange environment, this, this tech environment, um, very strange experiences. I'm definitely um, out of place here, and, uh, um, and I don't know. Uh, this is a, a very new and uh, strange experience for me. I was just going to um, go ahead and report that. Oh, and in response to the question earlier, uh, I think the society in general makes black people hesitant to complain about racism in any context. In fact, black, oftentimes I've noticed that we don't um, use the word racism um, to describe situations. We will say that uh, it was racial when we're trying to sound um, official or um, trying to sound professional. Um, we won't even say that a situation is racist. And I think that um, it's persistently, uh, it's persistently hammered into us that we are uh, crying wolf or, um, or making false claims uh, when it comes to uh, racism. And we are hesitant to be um, mistaken in, in asserting that we were treated in a racist manner. Um, and on top of that, it's just, the consistent pattern of nothing being done about us um, enduring this situation makes it so that uh, we don't complain about it. You know, it doesn't even have to, uh, the race, the racist aspect of a situation doesn't even have to be mentioned for a black person um, to um, be told to second guess their um, inclinations about uh, a dispute at work. I remember um, at one employer that I was at, uh, I was um, made fun of. I think I, I covered this on on the show. I was uh, I was called Sporty Spice and all types of you know really uh, hmm, questionable nicknames uh, uh, by the CEO directly. So you know, I was told by all of the underlings that I, you know, this is how he relates to people and this is, you know, um, normal and, uh, you know, this is how, you know, the team gets along and, you know, everybody makes fun of each other and everybody calls names. But I've known ever since I was, you know, very young, ever since I was in, in elementary school, that it was made very clear that people were allowed to make fun of me, but I was not allowed to, you know, uh, get the same treatment in return because it would often turn into um, into a very uh, negative situation where they escalate it and, you know, they get their feelings hurt or they report that they've been harmed in some way. So, um, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm still um, in uh, legal proceedings uh, regarding um, some of that treatment. So, yeah, uh, I think it's just something that happens society-wide and not just on the job, and it doesn't even need to be said on the training that uh, that it, black people, you know, need to accept uh, shabby treatment. And I'll go ahead and mute my line. Hmm. 
appreciate that, uh, Mr. Steele. Context of white supremacy. Uh, sorry, you have experienced such shabby treatment at the Double Doubletree uh, down in Southern California, uh, although it does not sound that unfamiliar, uh, a black person pretty much being anywhere other than, I don't know, prison, uh, crack house. Uh, you are not supposed to be here. What are you doing here? How did you get here? You're not the janitor. You're not here to be arrested for, I mean, trespassing, like does not surprise me at all. Uh, it sounds painfully, painfully familiar, unfortunately. Um, the certainly the commentary about black people being discouraged uh, everywhere, not just in the workplace. Absolutely. I agree. A thousand percent makes total sense. Uh, and just the workplace, I think sometimes they might uh, be a tad more explicit about it when they're doing what the caller was talking about when they do their human resource training or that sort of thing. Workplace, workplace uh, abuses. Uh, the caller in Florida. Thank you for yielding to Mr. Steele. Did you speak up simultaneously? Yes, sir. Can you, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Uh, thank you very much, sir. Greetings to Augusta Host, the listeners and callers. I also wanted to quickly mention about the point about black people being discouraged of their reports of uh, racist practice and racism. I think it could be, as uh, Ken still mentioned, about using the term um, like racist or racism. That definitely can be uh, like very alarming. I think with them uh, uh, suspected racist, if you're using the term, because I myself I try to avoid using the term, depending on how I phrase it in a question. Like I'm not sure as to how we utilize language if I hadn't been informed uh, from this program and other things, because they could, uh, they could try and say, well, are you trying to say that they are racist here? Or, you know, you're saying that you're saying that such and such is racist. We don't have racist here. Like, what are you talking about? But that phrase, don't take it personal. I have had that stated to me with the incident from one of the bailiffs, uh, mentioning something about I let the clerk take the DAMN fans and she did say that she said don't do not take it personal whereas at the same time she was trying to conflate it by saying that since she's a woman that there are things that are said to women that are unfavorable and in poor taste Um, and she didn't really go into many examples but she didn't she didn't say anything where profane language or some kind of vulgarity was used in, to that degree. Not that I'm trying to discredit what example she presented, but she definitely was being dismissive as a white woman. Uh, and I had some of my own examples of uh, current observations. The first is there was an old record from I think it was 1864, no, 1848, where it was a black male. He came in to see if he could do like a historical search for like his uh, great-grandfather's property, I guess, or some kind of deed. And he said his name was Sam Brown. So I typed it in to the 
to the search engine on the HM Records part of our site, and usually, by how the the terms are used for someone who's selling property, is called the, uh, I believe the grantor, and the grantee is the person who's receiving the property. So, in the search results, it's saying that it has a whole bunch of listings that says grantor, and then one says slave on it. Okay, and he said, "Yeah, you know my said my grand my grandfather uh, was a was a slave, so maybe that could have something to do with it." But the handwriting is so I can't it's not legible, so it's it's a link the way you click on it and it's transcribed. So they've gone into the records and typed it out, so it's more legible and you can read it. It's in clear text. So apparently on this uh, document. And I don't know if this was relating to his grandfather, but I looked into it, and uh, apparently it's about like maybe ten to twelve names on there, like Tabby Brown, um, Sam Brown, and it had a bunch of people's first name on there, and they all had slave written like on the side of it, and it's from like 1848. So apparently these slaves were used as currency. All right, like is a is a form of payment to another, uh, I believe another white person on the on the record to serve as payment till after the person has died and they can still use them as payment. I think that's how I, how it was interpreted. I have to go over the document again. In um, the the second uh, observation is. Like my my uh, supervisor, black female, she she's uh, cool or whatever. She's okay, but what I've been noticing is she's been bringing up a lot of stories that center around racism. Okay, like talking about the uh, she was she first started it out with the Starbucks thing. Like yeah, you know I, I seen this I seen this thing about Starbucks, and I, and I just try to say, hold on, what like what are you talking about? I know I never heard of it. So she'll go into explaining it, okay? Whereas one time she didn't do that. Like, she did it three times. And she mentioned about the uh, the graduation ceremony and the black students or the black graduates being assaulted, okay? And then she, she's mentioning other things about racism. So I'm not sure uh, why this is being done. Um, and that's it. That's the only thing that I have on that incident. And and one last one, if I could share, is, like, I started recording. And, like, I, I don't know if, if the sound would come in good, so I can try to just, uh, like, paraphrase on what was on the recording. It was from our meeting from last Friday. And um, number one, the, the, the act of shooting class that they took they took one last Wednesday so the context for this is that like when I was talking to my supervisor and she had a whole bunch of notes she had this notebook everybody else was just oh well you know yeah they talked about this and that and so I knew I can go to the source okay a white woman and she had extensive details uh, metaphors terms that were used 
And then, you know, I tried to say, hey, like, can we get this typed out? Because there's no brochures or nothing, like no kind of uh, booklets on this topic. This is supposed to be something of importance. Can can you provide this to us? And then at first it seemed like she was eager to do so. Um, but when we went to the meeting on Friday, it just seemed like something changed. So I think she may have networked, as you use that term, with the uh, the human resources lady, and she presides over the meetings. And one thing I wanted to get in is she used a metaphor where she used three animals. She said that in the class, she said when it comes to the act of shooting, you want to you gotta decide whether or not you are a sheep, a wolf, or a sheepdog. And I said, I told her to repeat it, and she said it again. But in the meeting, the lady said, some of us are sheep and some of us are sheepdogs. She left out the wolf. So I'm not sure if that was a contradiction or what. Um, But there was another another part in the meeting where a black male, uh, he just got got his new position as the uh, court director, so... I think he has one of the highest positions in the building. So he he starts talking about communication and he's, he's looking in my direction, but the white woman that's standing next to me and holding up coffee, this person is like, and in, like intensely venomous with how she treats people. Uh, white people have even quit the job or have um, made, multiple reports about her conduct and she still is in her supervisory position. So he's talking about communication. We want to make sure we treat each other with respect as well as the customers. And he says, you know, a lot of office drama can be avoided if we just make sure we're treating each other with respect. And I keep like focused on that word respect. A lot of people used it in that meeting. Um, and she said, I mean, he said, sometimes it's not how you talk to some, it's not what you say to someone, it's how you say it. And the lady that she was standing next to me, you can tell she was becoming very agitated. Uh, so apparently a lot of, a lot of the people there are very upset with the white woman. And, but the logic is, is that she still isn't fired or she isn't being punished for some reason. So. Um, and to end off with another quote after the black male said this, he said, uh, well, she said, well, you know, that's a good point that he made. And communication can be our best friend, or our worst enemy. Uh, and I wanted to share that quote. And I, I think that was a metaphor. And that's all I have for now. Thanks for allowing me to speak. I don't even know what that means. Communication can be our best friend. Or our worst enemy. Context of white supremacy. Gibberish. Gibberish. With the, uh, I said, man, go to the Florida courthouse, PhD in racism, with the black female uh, co-worker who, uh, I think he said she was a black female, who now is bringing up racism and, you know, going into detail and wanting to talk about it. Do you uh, have any speculation as to why she's doing this? I'm not entirely sure on that. I've been trying to make sure I'm paying more attention to it, but I just, 
I just noticed that I've been in this department for two years, like I was transferred from one part of the building to here, and she wasn't really mentioning it before. But it seems like maybe after I had said something in that meeting about uh, the new coworker that sits in front of me, she wasn't introduced. Uh, it seems like after that, she started talking about it more. And that's the the furthest that I can really look into it is just that as she's been talking about it more frequently, I guess, in regards to things that she's seeing in the news. Um, but I don't know. It seems like maybe she's trying to get my, uh, like, views on certain topics or certain stories. Hmm. Could be that... That does happen a lot. I think I've heard Mr. Uh, Edward Williams and others say that uh, black people, we are searching for correct information uh, and that just trying to make sense of that's why Dr. Wells and you say that all the time. That's why we say what's happening. We are trying to make sense of, you know, all of this confusion that is white supremacy racism. So maybe hearing you present logic and particularly black self-respect to stick up for this black female who they were mistreating and ignoring uh, while they recognized and gave shout outs to white people who were already working there, had it been employed, weren't new employees at all. Uh, maybe that stood out to her to say, hey, maybe this is someone who has uh, logic. You know, maybe I can exchange views with him about this and, and get a better, better understanding. Although I do say uh, just standard for the workplace. Same thing I said before. I'm just repeating myself. Uh, I would always speak as though everything that I'm saying is on record forever uh, and that they're recording, too. I got my recorder. They got theirs, too. And they got an even better model than I have. They'll probably have video and it'll automatically transcribe and everything. So that would be an effect regardless of who I'm talking to, white person, non-white person. If we're on the clock, off the clock, that would be uh, the case regardless. So, yeah. Uh the workplace shooter thing and the uh, abuses. Yeah, that's to be expected. Uh, all of that commentary uh, when I hear why that's just laughable to hear whites talking about being courteous uh, with non-white in a system of white supremacy to hear white people talking about being courteous and respectful. I'll just trail off there. Uh, other folks that we have not heard from at all. If you have uh, commentary on wait, actually I will make sure that I, Get them all, everybody who wrote in. So last person who wrote a uh, comment in. Uh, oh, this person, got them all. Didn't even have to uh, read. They were just following up uh, to see if I can get the attorney Mark uh, in Seattle to get assistance with their case here in Seattle, Washington. That's everybody that uh, wrote in. Other people that dialed in, if you have commentary on what we've heard thus far, if you have your own situation, uh, feel free. Anybody that we missed completely, if you have a hand up and we have not heard from you. Oh, never mind. Emmy, did you have commentary? Good to hear from you, ma'am. Greetings. Can I be heard? Yes, ma'am. Greetings, beautiful people. I had one of the most interesting Tuesdays um, at work. And it is so lengthy, I will do my best to give you the visual. So the black pharmacist is on vacation, and I'm so happy for him. His family, he's Ethiopian, so his people came, like his mom and dad and stuff, and he got his Ph.D., because uh, like, he was already a pharmacist, but now he has a Ph.D. pharmacist. So I'm so, so happy. So anyway, there's a floater pharmacist 
in the pharmacy. I go in on Tuesday, which is my long shift. And immediately I can tell that she is one of those hipster white people that reeked of Richmond and or DC um, around this way. They just, you can feel them. It's like, yeah, you know, they're just very hipster white people. She was not dressed professionally whatsoever, but she had on the white girl hipster boots, burgundy pants, and I wasn't even sure what kind of top. And I was like, whoa, that is not what we're supposed to wear here. Um, I, after looking at her, realized, oh, this is a Jew. And um, I, I first was looking at her, her phenotype, actually. But then I noticed her Star of David on her lab coat. Is that important? I don't know, but I felt like mentioning it. She told me she's from Idaho or Iowa. I, I wasn't, you know, so I don't remember when I made the note. But the way that she said it, she was saying that she's different or like the white people where she is, is different than the white people here. As she was telling me a story about how angry she was at this racist white man who came to one of the pharmacies she was working at and demanded that she do something a certain way. And she said no. And he said, well, the other pharmacist does it. And then all of his gesturing and all of that indicated that, and this is pretty much paraphrasing the way that she put it, that he was a dark fella of terrorist descent. Um, she's one of those feminist, hipster, white females. Um, she commented about, she told another story, but she was telling the story to a white woman about an overprivileged white woman. And this is what she says. And she loved, she brought up race many times that day, which I was just geeking because I was ready. But she's talking to this white woman saying the story about this other, other overprivileged white woman who wanted to return a nasal spray. But as she decides to proceed to tell the white woman in person how she told off this other white woman, she did that whole quote unquote like black girl kind of like way of, of telling someone off, like rolling the neck and everything. And I don't know where your nose been type thing. And I was just sitting there like, man, oh man, I am really, really slipping because I do not have my super fancy, like I haven't ordered it because I haven't had the money, but like an incognito microphone because I would have recorded that entire day. We could have just made it an entire cow's episode because y'all would have loved it. But anyway, she did that. Um, she taught biochem at Howard. And the reason that's a note is because when she told me, she expected for me to have a reaction. And I cannot stress enough how important it is to practice your nonverbal, you're just your nonverbals. Like it's one thing to say, like, I'm not going to say anything, but it almost doesn't matter if all of your nonverbals are screaming that you want to say something. So you got to be able to control your face, like have that face down packed. And that is something I have been doing since the beginning of my practice and being codified. And it worked perfectly because I just knew she was coming. Like the minute I saw her, I was like, oh, this is one of those days. And when she said it, she even paused and looked at me and I just, my whole face and she couldn't get anything from it. It was so interesting to watch her like react. Um, her mother is a pharmacist. Why do I mention this? Why is this a note? This is a note because there are a lot of people in these type of professions who have their parents in this, these type of professions. I think that's important because sometimes it takes one person to do that really hard, hard and heavy sacrifice in order 
for young people to kind of be able to build on that. So whether it's take the debt, sacrifice some of the fun, go to school longer, go back to school, whatever it is, sometimes we can, it's for me, it's a workplace kind of thing. It's an economics kind of thing. Um, She was a great liar. One thing about white women that I just, it makes my soul itch is the way that they inflect their voice that whole high-pitched, annoying thing. And I don't know if, like, it's worked on me in the past because it's annoyed me so much that I didn't pay attention to what they say, or there's some type of underlying programming that occurs that's, like, triggered when they use that high-pitched voice that it just makes you go along with what they say. But this white female had it down packed. But she was not messing with the novice, so I didn't care how she inflated or inflected her voice. I was totally paying attention, and she lies a lot. Masterful liar who was able to conceal uh, conceal her lying through the inflections of her voice. Oh, she tried that whole white woman I'm weak bit. It did not work on me. She she repeatedly wanted to tell me that she was nauseous and sit down. I was extremely frustrated because she worked with the white female tech before. That white female tech didn't restock. She didn't change the trash. They didn't do anything but apparently sit around giggling all day because when I came in, I had to do everything, and I definitely let the most anal pharmacists know that. Um, she actually raised her voice at me, so she's super sensitive. Um the thing is, she took every time that I said something as it was a personal affront to her, which was very interesting because I didn't know she was the one who had done it, right? Um, so when you open a prescription bottle, a new stock bottle, you put an X on it so that we don't have a bunch of stock bottles open. Well, I was putting medication back and noticed there was a medication that had clearly been opened but didn't have an X. And I was like, I am such a stickler for this, just talking out loud. And it was like from that moment on, it was like she, she was the one that had opened the bottle, by the way. And so she felt it was like a personal thing to her. So she actually raised her voice at me a couple of times, which was completely like fascinating, only because the entire time I was in scientist mode. And so I, didn't, I wasn't really too much concerned as to whether or not she was trying to trigger me or whatever it was. I was just so interested at the whole dynamic of it occurring. One instance there was an older, and it always happened with white people. Like any time that she felt that I wasn't doing what she thought I should do for some white person, she would jump in and use that whole inflate, like, you know, all of that. And I just thought it was fascinating because this is the store that I work at. You're just here and I give excellent customer service. This person on the other side of the counter is just not understanding what I'm saying because he's old and can't hear. So I have to talk this way. You coming over here only confused it and to, you know, put a bow on that. She completely committed insurance fraud, which I told the pharmacist today. Um, let's see. Mitch. <laughs> All day, every day. I wear proudly. I snitch on that white woman again because I got to work with her tomorrow. So try me. Try me. Um, oh, so that Tuesday was like the day of racism at the pharmacy. And so I was, and I wear my fro. At this point, I don't even, sometimes I might pull it up so it's like a big poof on the top. But the way I'm feeling, I just want the fro out. So, and it's an experiment, watching how people are responding. Um, But anyway, this white man, old white man pulls into the drive-thru and whatever transaction occurred, he had to drop off a prescription, blah, 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 whatever. He called to check in on the prescription and then decided to, tell me how attractive I was on the phone, whatever. I'm not, you're never, I'm not going to deviate from this code right here. Have a good day. Goodbye.
So then he comes to the drive-thru and he says it again. And then she has some type of reaction. Like she wants me to take it personal. I'm not bonding with you white woman over some fake feminist nonsense. That happens all the time. And I'm not going to waste my time actually being like, sir, don't you like whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'm on a completely bullet. Like I'm all the way in the pharmacy. Let's just keep this moving. Um, and so, yeah. Um, let me see. Oh, um, okay. So another, this is not this white woman. So there's this very lazy, rude, I don't know how she got the job. She really obviously must know somebody, but in the front end of the store, um, super skinny, like borderline anorexic bulimic. I'm not so sure which one, but anyway, she kept hounding us about this prescription and the white woman pharmacist was like totally cool with it. Like all the white people in the store already, she was cool with. Like they were on first name basis and talking like they'd known each other forever, which I thought was fascinating. So this white woman didn't do anything the day before, but talk to people, to white people that is. And uh, so the little skinny girl drops off the prescription. Then when I tell her that I need the insurance information in order to process the prescription, this is another time that the white pharmacist raised her voice at me and was like, well, we can just go into the mother's profile and pull it up. So I just, I literally threw my hands up like, okay, you know what I'm saying? You think you got this. Guess what? The mama didn't have the insurance on the thing anyway. So guess what I had to do? The very same thing I was saying, which is, could you just give me the mother's phone number and I will call the mother and do my job, right? Which is what I had to do. So the whole time I'm making it known that I have to go through all of this loop for this white female who works at the store and is not necessarily waiting for her boyfriend. Like, you know what I'm saying? This isn't an actual waiter. So I don't know why we're jumping through hoops for this skinny white female. Anyway, I'm going to keep 100% cool. I did my job. Whoop, whoop, whoop. It was done. On my way out, the white female was like, oh, so you spoke to the mom. I was like, yep, everything is taken care of. And she was like, isn't she so sweet? I was like, okay, whatever. And she was like, she, then she sound like a white woman? And I was like, cowbell. She was like, yeah, no, everyone thinks that she's white, but she's not white. She's black. Mind you, this is her boyfriend's mom. And I was like, oh, got to tell the cows. <laughs> it was a day of racism. Um, and all day, all day, that white female pharmacist was like, girl, please. And at once someone didn't pick up their birth control, we can only build a prescription for so long to the insurance before it's insurance fraud. So you have to delete it. So I had to delete somebody's birth control. I said, oh, someone didn't pick up their birth control. And she was like, yeah, but just don't have no baby. I was like, mm, okay. And then she would all day, it was like, mm-hmm, this, that, and that, and all that kind of stuff. I was like, this white woman is tripping. And she loved to tell everybody, even though she told me she's from Idaho or Iowa, she wanted to tell everybody else that she was from D.C. And because of that, and see, it's really sad. I don't know how many of y'all are around this way, but it is really sad what has, what has happened in D.C. You can feel it. You can see it. It reeks. It's it's sticky and disgusting all over. And this is one of those white women who's, you know, gentrifying D.C. And uh, I work with her again on Friday. Um, I will do the exact same thing. But I will say this. Individualize your code, but work on, like, silence being, like, oh, I think it's a effective, an effective weapon to neutralize racists right then. Sometimes silence is the best response. But you have to make sure that your silence translates non-verbally as well. That way, no one can read how you really feel. And that makes it so you can maneuver so much easier. And in a way, it's almost like they can assume that you're either stupid or you didn't hear them or whatever. 
I don't care. I just don't want you to see me as I actually am. So you can come up with whatever. And she assumed I was stupid with the way that she was talking to me. And I thought it was just fascinating. But yes, I told the pharmacist and he even told me, he was like, well, call out tomorrow. I'm not going to do that. Why am I not going to do that? Because the pharmacist that's a manager who's on vacation is a black man who I have tremendous respect for, and I do not want there to be any issue or anything weird when he gets back. He should just get back, and everything was perfectly fine and taken care of. Now, the only other thing I really wanted to say is that I made it through the semester just fine and okay, and I'm super happy about it. Thank you all for listening to me stress and be stressed out and complain about the stress I was under with school, but we're good. That's it. Thank you all for listening. Party time right on. Semester is done. Uh, that is, uh, again, great illustration of uh, Black self-respect to uh, be at work and part of your motivating factor for, for doing all this so that the Black male pharmacist can come back and things will be tidy and in order and he won't have a lot of chaos from this race soldier who's been floating in quotes for uh, the past week or whatever, whatever it is. Lots of black self-respect from Dr. Welsing, DC resident herself for a long, long time would be very, very proud. Lots of black self-respect being demonstrated. Speaking of Dr. Welsing and gentrification, uh, the racist white woman great code i think great point as well about the nonverbals and you know kind of watching your your face and body language having a poker face as they say if we want to throw lots of meta my soul itch i was just writing down the metaphors as we went um but yeah that's really important point about the nonverbals and watching your face and uh just trying to give as little information as possible uh, i think uh we said previously you know sometimes the best response is no response. Uh, sometimes that's what they want uh, is the response and you not giving them anything, not cracking a smile, nothing. Hmm. And just moving about your day. Uh, snitching on whites uh, on that sort of incorrect behavior, the fraud, all of that. I, I think that is spectacular, uh, especially in that sort of situation where you've got this uh, a floating white person who's coming in and causing all of this damage and lying and doing everything else. Absolutely. I think that is exactly uh, what to do. And in that sort of situation where you, I think we're already saying that, uh, I don't know if this was the anal pharmacist you were referencing, but a white person there was complaining about the black pharmacist and, uh, and then somehow things consistently are orchestrated so that you are the only one that's doing the cleaning up or emptying the trash or you end up being the one who's doing an inordinate amount of cleaning to have that sort of thing happening consistently, even when it's random whites who don't even work there and they still somehow end up falling on the same code. That's the sort of thing that I pay attention to when it comes back to that question. What does it mean to be white? Uh, That these things are not happenstance, that somehow it's always the expectation the nigra is supposed to be the one. That's nigra work to get the trash and to clean up and we'll sit around and giggle uh, for the day and talk about probably talking about the Negras and complaining about them and how lazy they are. I can't believe that Negras out on vacation now. My goodness, he should be here cleaning the trash up. Uh, anybody that we've missed completely uh, have commentary that they wanted to share. Congratulations again on a fantastic semester of academic rigor and brilliance uh, for Emmy. Uh, any other folks who uh, we missed completely, if you had uh, commentary, Ivy, did you have commentary? Not here. Yes, ma'am. 
Greetings, really Gus, and greetings really to all the callers uh, on the line. I uh, want to say to be the um, the new caller in um, Canada. Um, you know, thank you for the the compliment about you know it's been amazing. I agree that you know the the cows uh, listeners and callers and Gus are amazing and welcome to like one of the best programs ever in the history of white supremacy in my opinion and workplace racism specifically the best but you know it's just my opinion bgq for me um i wanted to say um to the person that was dealing with the the, the drug thing um i want to ask you guys real quick what was the young lady's name where uh the cops race soldiers they uh raided her her uh her business where she was selling weed in Alaska, I believe it was. It's legal out there, but they raided her anyway. Uh, let's see. It's Charlotte Green. I think it's it. Charlotte Green. That's correct. Yes, that's right. You know, because she, um, you know, that that was legal and all of that, but she was messing around with a bunch of with a bunch of white with a bunch of white folks, and when I uh, and when I mean messing around, like she was, you know, working with them, and you know that was legal, and they still waited her so I mean, you definitely got to get out of there and tell the other uh, black person to, to get away from them um, as well and I wanted to ask you Gus can I mention something about the guest from yesterday practicing racism uh, I reckon that's off talk can we get that in like at the end that can be our parting parting shot absolutely uh, one, one more quick thing, I guess I wanted to say that is workplace racism, but I, I agree with you, you know, congratulations in your, in your semester. And also, you know, you've been very consistent with the nonverbals, just that advice. I think down through the years from previous um, workplace racism that I've listened to, you um, would speak about that. And I remember um, the software developer in Wisconsin, she spoke about that, and she talked about in terms of your facial uh, expression that one strategy that you can use to work on that is to practice in the mirror. So I just kind of wanted to throw that out there. Uh, thanks, everyone. Thanks, Gus. I'll mute my line. For sure. Uh, the caller uh, on the VOP line, uh, Javon, I believe, if you had commentary, you should be with us. Hey, how's everyone doing? Your volume is very low. If you could uh, speak up or get closer to your microphone. Is that better? Yes, sir. Yes. Um. Um. I um. I currently work at a um. A medical um warehouse where we ship medical supplies and things like that. And um. I've been working here as a temp agent for like a year almost a year and a half and um every time that i try to contact the temp agency about you know trying to get hired on permanently so i can you know make a little more money or you know um have some, some health benefits or it or just to take a vacation you know like i haven't taken a vacation or had any personal time in like a year and a half you know? so you know, it's kind of wearing on me um I tend to not get a response. I try to file entries with the temp agency to find out, you know, what's the situation at the job and they're even, you know, accepting full-time employees. But from what I was told by a permanent uh, worker that my after supervisor that um, there's more temp, a temp um, workers that work at the warehouse than it is actual, you know, permanent employees. 
and I notice, you know, most of the temp workers are, you know, people that, you know, non non white, and most of the permanent um, employees are, you know, people that consider themselves white. Um, I've um, did some research to figure, like, is, is there something like I can do? Can I file like a, a um, audit on the company to see, you know, their hiring practices or, you know, what's, what's, what's wrong like, do they have the, um, what's the law where they have to hire a certain amount of, um, non-white, um, I forgot the name of the policy, um, I think it's called. Affirmative action laws, like do they receive any affirmative action funds or anything like that? Um, I'm kind of ran into a roadblock when it comes to that type of information. I was just wondering if anybody can give me any type of um, advice or suggestions on to try to, you know, <clears throat> finally get hired on, on permanent with this um, current assignment that I'm on. I'll mute my line. My uh, suggestion uh, sir for that thank you for for dialing in uh, that exactly what you described like that is the exact design uh, of white supremacy in terms of, and I mean with that the temp agency like they uh, have done reports like even recently very detailed reports where that is super widespread in fact uh, Thomas in New York uh, he talked about his experience when he was working at a temp agency where they had the system down so precise. I think the law was something like, and he can, he's here. I think he can correct me, but I think something was like the law was you could only be a temporary employee at this agency for let's say 99 days. They would have you on until the 98th day, fire you, and then break you back and start your 98 day cycle all day all all over again. I don't know if it was 98 days in Thomas's thing or what the exact number did, but I mean, that that's the scenario. Like, that's how precise, that's how refined the system of white supremacy is with regards to the temp agency. That's, that's what it's going to be. I'm sure you could file and amass evidence, but I mean, that is widespread uh, across the world, uh, certainly this part of the world. My recommendation would be to get uh, update your resume. Uh, and to look for better employment because I do not see that uh, that situation changing. That I think would be extraordinarily difficult uh, to remedy, rectify if you've been there for, uh, in my view, if you've been there for a year, if they wanted to hire you full time, they would have done so by now. Uh, that's my view. Uh, I could be in error. Uh, you know, maybe they have a longer timetable uh, for that sort of thing. My view, this sounds like exactly what I expect it to be. We're going to work this nigrit for exactly what you said. So we don't have to give them any benefits. We don't have to give them any sick time. We don't have to give them any, uh, any benefits at all. And we can pay as little as possible. Uh, and it's easy for us to get rid of this person. So we have as uh, little paperwork and what have you to get rid of the person. But that's exactly the way we want to run things. And I think you said that most of the employees that they have are temporary employees. That's not accident. That's exactly what they want. So I would, I would strongly encourage because what you started with, I thought was the most important thing. Uh, I think the first response that I read tonight, the black male said that he had not been sleeping correctly in weeks, maybe even longer than that, because of working in the, with these drug trafficking racists. Uh, but this, uh, sir, you said that 
uh, you had it's wearing on you for like a year and a half or so of not having personal time, vacation time for self-care, mental health days. Absolutely. That will grind you. That is exactly how you end up having black people with uh, hypertension and all these medical issues being in that sort of exploitative uh, work environment. I would try to get out the same thing that we were saying to the mail caller easier said than done, I'm sure, but I would be updating my resume uh, and you can let us know if you would like assistance with that. I'm sure there are folks uh, who'd be willing to help out with that, but I would be updating my resume, uh, resume LinkedIn page uh, and looking to get a better job because that is, I do not think going to change at all. That's what they have intended. Um, yes, and then on top of that, it's, I work at night shift. I work from um, from um, what like nine nine thirty in the, at night to seven thirty in the morning. So it, it's throwing off my whole, you know, my diet. I've gained forty pounds since I been here. Um, it's throwing off my sleep. It's, it's, it's just wearing off. You need so, to yes, get I'm rid. Get, I mean, it's kill. It sounds like it's killing you. I mean, that is forty. But that's what I've been saying. Fifty pounds. That's what I've been saying. That's racism, white supremacy. I mean, that is. It is killing you. Anything that caused you to gain forty pounds. Oh man, you need to let that go. Like that sounds like. I mean, you do not want to be hired there full time. It would not be an improvement. You need to get out of that. It sounds like every. Your body, I think Dr. Kanban says that we get feedback sometimes about what we're doing and, you know, if we're in a healthy environment, that sort of thing. You're getting lots of feedback that this is not a healthy environment for you in so many ways. You want to get out of there, like, you know, get your escape, like, immediately, like, that should be the emergency plan. And then correcting diet, eating more vegetables, less salty foods, maybe less meats, more vegetables, fruits. Uh, and doing some exercise. Yoga's been great for me, but, you know, doing some more exercise, but definitely uh, updating your resume, LinkedIn page. As I said, I'm sure there are people, I know there are people who've done this, who listen to the cows, who'd be willing to help with that, but I mean, wow. Get out immediately. Same thing that we told the, the first caller. Can I be heard? Yes, sir. Okay, thank you for the advice. Thank you for the advice. <clears throat> Yeah, um, the previous caller, uh, I'm going to have to concur with Gus on this, uh, on this call. This is probably one of the most terrifying calls that I've, I've heard. Um, not, okay, so in, in school, they taught us a concept that they don't often teach um, people who don't go to college and who don't study economics. Um, the term is, or the concept is called opportunity cost that is what are you foregoing by by taking a specific action so in your in your specific case um you've spent a year and some change uh at this uh at this employer who is not paying you um a good wage in that time and on top of that um this this job has caused you to gain an, uh, uh, an enormous amount of weight. Um, and, and, and it sounds like, to be honest, it sounds life threatening, like 40 pounds is, uh, is a tremendous amount of weight to, 
to to pack on in a year. Um, and, uh, you know, and in that time you've done all these things and you haven't made that much money, um, you, you might even be better off going on public assistance <laughs> uh, than, than being at this job. And that's for a lot of people that are working a lot of these low wage, uh, you know, irregular scheduled jobs. Oftentimes it's like you, you might be better off on public assistance if you're going to be living, uh, you know, at this low of a level. Um, uh, yeah, you need to um, get on LinkedIn and study people who have jobs that you want. Look up their LinkedIn's. I know that it, your network may not be that big, especially if you're um, at a, um, a, a a very low wage job that's not paying you any benefits and that's taking up so much of your time. But you need to you need to take some time to um, to work on uh, improving um, the. Uh, the level of people that you are talking to about your employment situation, because uh, the situation that you described is, uh, is horrifying. It's horrifying. And, and that's the only word I can use to, to describe it. Just horrifying. Um, uh, quit. Chris, can I be heard? Yes, ma'am. If uh, if you could just give me like all I need is 15 seconds. Mm -hmm. Thomas in New York, just if you can verify. Isn't that so? What I said about the number of days like they had it that codified. You don't have to talk for a whole lot. I don't know if you're in a, in a place where you can speak, but isn't that right? Yeah. And I, yeah. And I did have a story myself. I was waiting. But yeah. And um, it was um, 89 days and on the 89th day. They had it set up. So um, you just collect two weeks of unemployment and then they'll bring you back. And that process lasted me. Um, I probably did that job for over a year. Um, and um, also, I also worked overnight in the hospital. And, man, that took a toll on me um, mentally working in that environment, but also physically as well, um, not getting sleep. I'm still out of my sleep pattern. I'm not getting enough sleep, you know, to do the job I'm doing because I'm so used to being up all night for over a year. So, um, I, feel, I understand what everyone's saying. Emmy? Really quickly, um, I would say that I'm not sure what all you did, like in terms of trying to be, be brought onto the team. Um, I'm not so sure how temp agencies work. I feel like it's a little similar to contracting, and I have been contracted. Um, but I do think it's important that you not necessarily speak to your temp employment agency about becoming a permanent employee on the contract that they have. I'm not so sure that would be the best way to go about it. Um, I would say if that's what you want to do, like this is a job that, you know, you like and you did really want to be brought on, you could stop doing the overnight gig. Like I'm not so sure what your plan is, but I would say you kind of want to spend more time like looking into that company, the people who are actually employed there, maybe look on like whenever they're opening jobs, make sure that you're aware of when those jobs are coming open, when they were coming open and then actually apply to them. Um, yeah, I would say that kind of thing. But if you've already done that and it doesn't work, and this is not to say that I don't agree with everyone that's spoken and shed their opinions previously, I'm simply stating that that might be a place to go. Another thing is it is really, really unfortunate how your health is being negatively impacted. And only you know 
you know, the choices that you're making. But I will say that even in a situation like this, your health doesn't have to suffer in the exact same way that there are ways because I mean, unless you're just going to go quit tomorrow, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that you'll still make better health choices. So even though there's all of the stress and stuff like that, like you can pack lunch, you can make fruit snacks and, you know, like have fruit that you snack on and, you know, like make an actual plan for your time and plan when you sleep and actually make sure that you sleep, use earplugs, make sure that you're working out, make sure that your body is getting all of these things and you might be doing it and I just don't know. But it's one thing to say that it's because of this that I'm like this. It's another thing to say, well, it's because of this and I'm not making the right choices and perhaps making some different choices might have a different outcome and then maybe you'll think clearer and stuff like that. So really unfortunate. Um, but I do think, you know, sit with it and actually come up with a plan on what you plan to do and how you plan to do it before you just do anything. And that's all. Oh, uh, and you're on a contract. Um, I, I, okay. I, I work, uh, I, I, look, your contractor, your agent, um, they want you on that contract. They make way, way more money you being on contract and you coming on board as a permanent uh, employee. Um, when you come on board as a permanent employee, they get paid uh, a one-time fee for that. But when you are a contracted employee, um, they get paid hourly for that. So your hourly, every hour that you work, they bill them for, and, uh, and they make a lot of money stretched over time. One contracted employee can make, a lot more money than you could make on just giving a percentage, getting a percentage of their first year salary. So uh, you might want to, uh, you might want to find a way to, you know, formally sever ties with that, uh, with that company. 20 um, seconds. If that is, yeah, you might want to find some way to sever ties with that company and pursue uh, you know, a relationship directly with the employer that you want to be with. That's just, you know, for anybody who's working on, uh, for an agency. Appreciate May I that. be heard? Uh, give me one second. Uh, call, I think that was, was that B? Yes, it was. Call, give me one second. Uh, the caller at 4717, uh, I think we missed you. Did you have commentary? 4717. Greetings, Gus, uh, callers, and all the listeners. Uh, I had more of a, of a question and a little bit of commentary uh, about workplace, workplace racism. Yes. Uh, so I work in a large, I work in a large office, uh, and I have a chronic condition that uh, allows me to take medical leaves. Now we have a local uh, leave manager in the office that I work in. And there's also a third-party company that they use to uh, facilitate that whole process. Um, this local leave manager in my office, suspected racist, um, I believe she gets enjoyment out of harassing myself and anybody else, especially non-white people, um, regarding their medical leave. And, um, I mean, it's to the point where she will say, you know, it's good to have you back or, you know, just little sly comments um, or jazz, you know, and she'll smile about it. And one of the other callers earlier mentioned something about their, the way they change the inflection of their voice to that high-pitched uh, tone. 
when they're, you know, when they're in their sneaky mode, I would say. Um, but I had a question for any of the, uh, if there are any HR professionals on the line, leave administrators that fulfill that type of position, um, what information, what of my medical records is she able to see? Because she's always trying to pry and, and ask me questions regarding my condition, and I'm aware that I don't have to disclose any of that to her, but she's always trying. And so I was just wondering if anyone knew exactly what all information she is able to see. White supremacy is active surveillance. Do we have anybody who's in the HR field or uh, leave managing uh, employee leave time? Do we have any folks here? I thought that might have been B in Canada. Is that you? Is that your field? Um, no, HR is not my field. Okay. Um, although I have worked previously with HR, um, but my I since changed careers and I now work with people living with disabilities. Okay. Um, however, um, yes. Uh, now I'm not quite sure how it is in the state uh, that the caller is living in. Um, as you mentioned, uh, yes, the health documents are confidential and if the HR is constantly inquiring about your your health um, uh, in terms of um, your your diagnosis or, or anything else pertaining to your health um, I mean you can certainly uh, let them know that you are feeling uncomfortable uh, uh, about the line of questioning uh, you could also ask them, you know, to or ask the particular HR uh, representative, you know, if they're asking this question, how are they like? How is it being used? Like, what is what is the uh, explicit use of this information? That that how are they going to be using it? Um, should you provide this? Um, is and and should you be aware of anything? Um, like, are there any unknown investigations that you should now be made aware of because of the line of questioning? Um, definitely document as well. Um, you know, whenever you're being asked these questions, uh, and definitely refer to policies and procedures. And if you have a friend or um, a contact uh, who knows employment law, um, you know, uh, to get some additional resource around that too, so that if you ever need to use it, then you have some backup resources to do so. Hmm. That's what I would recommend. Is the female caller still with us? Who uh, appreciate that? B, the female caller who had asked previously about uh, the human resources training being used to discourage Black people from reporting racism are you still are you still with us yes that i was the person that had asked the question as well that that was me oh okay okay yes because uh, that was an observation that i had noticed in in the different industries that i've worked in uh the the pattern had seemed to be quite consistent you see in in uh, ontario in particular we have what's known as bill 169 um which is for uh, workplace harassment under um, the uh, Health and Safety uh, uh, Act. And um, it, it was just interesting how um, non-white uh, persons are actively being deterred from using this in their arsenal to fight against the, the, the 
being traumatized um, through racism. Um, it's interesting because I've worked in group homes, I've worked in schools, I've worked in different workplaces where they actually have the law um, up in place where it says, you know, for workplace violence policy, rather, you know, if you're being harassed due to racial, um, uh, uh, sexual orientation, gender, yada, 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 they would have it there. But, uh, oh my goodness, if you were to, to bring this up, um, then you're treated as if you're the person that is causing strife within the workplace as opposed to being looked at as the victim of of racism um, and white supremacy and that this is happening to you. Um, a lot of times people end up getting terminated for bringing up the subject, well, from my experience, and even in, in my own personal experience, I've been terminated for for um, trying to utilize that policy to uh, protect myself from uh, the, the the racist attacks and the racist terrorism that happens in the workplace. So that's why I was just wondering if other people from from different parts of the globe um, have also been experiencing that that similar pattern. See, we hit our three-hour mark, but I want to make sure, see if I can touch all of my bases before we exit. Number one, did anybody else uh, have a, a concise, quick comment on access to medical records, uh, HR access to medical records? Because I think that is important. Did anybody else have a quick comment? I did a quick Google search. I typed in exactly, hold on, let me open it. I typed in what all information does HR have access to? And on the first page, there was uh, like even you scroll down and it's, uh, anyway, how much HR knows about an employee's medical treatments? I didn't get to read it because um, I was listening, but if you do a Google search, I think there are, and maybe you have, I don't know, but I think there's some information that will like clarify it. Spectacular. Thank you for doing the research, Emmy. Uh, let's see. Ivy, did you want to get in your uh, comment on the white woman from yesterday's broadcast, Anna Brown Griswold? Uh, yes, Beth, thank you for that. Um, I just wanted to say, you know, if the retired firefighter is still in line, and even if he is, and he can uh, listen back to the broadcast, I hope he does. I wanted to say that about him um, being concerned about, about being discourteous toward her, um, I think she was just discourteous towards him because she uh, refused to answer his questions uh, a lot of times, and she even did that to me and to others. Um, and so she had every reason to be uh, irritated with that. So she was actually the one who was discourteous to him. And uh, the other thing I want to bring up real quick is how he pointed out how she kept saying that she, you know, worked her, her tail off, but she didn't say tail. She cursed her or whatnot. Um, how emphatically she said it. To me, not only was she asking for recognition and adulation, but in my view, the way that she said it, she was uh, demanding that people um, just worship her for the work that she puts into allegedly working against racism when really she was working her tail off to practice racism. That's all I had on me in my life. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that, Ivy. Uh, I think anybody that we missed completely, I think we did get everybody. Is anybody that had a hand up that did not get to share at all? That's what I thought. I thought we got everyone. 
uh, we will be workplace racism every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. We'll be here tomorrow. Ralph Ellison's The Invisible Man, or it's not The Invisible Man. That is important. There is no uh, article. Invisible Man, Ralph Ellison's Invisible Man, tomorrow, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, we just started it last week. We did not get any dissenting votes, so that is the book that we will be reading. Uh, we just did uh, the prologue and the first two chapters, so we're very early in the text. I'm so excited. Uh, it's in my top five. It's right up there. Medical Apartheid. The Warmth of Other Suns, the ISIS Papers, it is right up there uh, at the top of Gusty's list, even though it is fiction. The Bluest Eye is also in my top five, Toni Morrison, and that too is fiction, but uh, I'm loving it, and uh, that'll be tomorrow, compensatory call-in uh, this Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I hope it was a constructive investment of your Thursday evening. Again, sobriety would be best man, especially considering the story that we began with or the report, rather, that we began with sobriety would be best under conditions of white supremacy. Racists have done a lot of damage getting non-white people intoxicated where we're not thinking correctly, not making correct decisions and then justifying their abuse by saying, oh, they're peddling drugs or they're on drugs or both. Uh, sobriety, I think Dr. Welsing, Dr. Kanban, many of the folks that we esteem, they would strongly encourage, hey, let's be about taking excellent care of our bodies, our brain computers, really putting a high premium on getting quality rest, taking excellent care of our bodies, including no alcohol, no toxins, remaining sober especially if we're going to be in a vehicle. We want to be buckled up and sober. Let's make sure we do everything that we can to minimize contact with race soldiers, badge or no. That's it. Creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people, victims of white supremacy. We ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times in all places each and every time we are in contact with another black person it has been time replace white supremacy with justice immediately cow signing out thanks all for tuning in nigga you so brainwashed i'm a victim What's brother I'm a victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my conditioning. Mm -hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.